Okay. Thank you, Tina. We are live, though. Welcome, everybody, back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing on this beautiful Sunday, Sunday, Sunday? We are joined once again by my amazing Chosen of Valhalla. And uh, Tina was just saying beforehand, that's why you heard me listening and not talking when, when my face went up, that uh, Steph will only be in for a little bit because she's, she's busy on Sunday. She teaches, which is always uh, awesome. And so thank you very much for letting me know that. And yeah, hello, everybody. Again, a thank you to all of my chosen for joining me today. There's also, what is this, episode 233 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast as well. It's crazy. That we've been uh, doing it, doing it this long, and uh, it's crazy also because I'm almost hitting my three-year YouTube anniversary uh, coming up <laughs> pretty soon as well. Which again, did I send you a cake for that? Or yeah, yeah, you know, just put it, you know, <laughs> send it to the PO box, and you know, as long as it's you know a certain you know square cube shape, it should fit inside the uh... German chocolate. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You could always send a fruit cake, which would you know make me sad but it would last yes it would it would be sturdy <laughs> enough to last and survive at least <laughs> but anyway how is everyone doing in the chat today let's say hello to the panel of chosen today uh going down the line we're starting off with rosetta allen rosetta how are you doing overworked is all get out always got a million projects <laughs> that's about my normal standard right now okay and what are the main I, uh, projects right now i am about ready to re Launched the Mailing Us on the Eagle book, which kind of got um, sidelined when I had to be gone for months because of medical and then the town damage. But mm -hmm. it is actually mostly put together at this point. So I will have that relaunch soon. I've been working on a lot of pinups to do a military charity thing, which I know is going to take a long time to make, but it's worth it because it's military. Yeah, you know? <laughs> absolutely. And then I'm going to be starting more consistent shows on my channel, including tonight with Sandwich Wench Rants, because it has to offend people. <laughs> <laughs> Always. And how many pinups do you have to do, and how many have you made so far? I'm doing a set, a couple sets myself. I'm doing my sets of five for the different branches, and I've got... Uh, 12, 13 different artists so far doing sets for me. And a few others talking in works with it. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting because it's going to be something I think is not going to be tied to the different communities online, but actually just people from all these communities coming together for helping people in need. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And that's always great when different communities are able to come together behind a common goal. You know, and, and, you know, kind of put aside and put away any of the things that, you know, typically we would maybe be talking about, right? And instead focus on something beyond us, right? Because I think sometimes, you know, it's a, it's a trap that all of us can fall into where, you know, we're stuck in this, you know, YouTube, Twitter, social media bubble. And then we're like, wait, there's so many other things. And that's awesome. Again, I think that's incredible what y'all are doing. And especially, again, you know, you mentioned it before, right? Uh, doing it for the military and for, you know, members of the military. And is it for uh, former members of the military, active members of the military? or This is going to be specifically for veterans and helping okay. families. So nice. that's also why I'm sticking to the traditional five branches instead of having a Space Force or NASA stuff. is because looking for the actual people that served and all that. Mm-hmm. But we're doing a few things here and there to throw into nods to newer groups that are building and stuff too. Okay. But it's 
I want this to really focus on those who've served a long time, who've done a lot, and mm-hmm. I'm going to at least at one point and stuff. You know, part of this is a tribute to Grandpa because mm-hmm. you know you all know I lost him about a, a little over a year ago, mm-hmm. and he served between wartime to working as an army officer to army corps engineers helping nation build to veteran affairs he served over 70 years wow so (laughs) amazing it's always been kind of near and dear to me (laughs) absolutely absolutely and what was uh you know was he involved in i guess because you know my my knowledge of of war history isn't as good but like what were there any like war specifically that he was a part of korea Korea, okay. Right after World War II. Mm, yeah, because yeah, my yeah. papa was was involved in Korea as well. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And That's yeah, awesome. It was, it was crazy when we sat there and started going over his life and stuff when we lost him and realized, yeah, it was actually just shy of 72 years he served in some capacity. Wow. And that's, again, it makes sense why focusing on, you know, people who have been in these branches of the military who have, you know, served for longer periods, right? Because, you know, as, as cool as Space Force is, not sure how much action uh, Space Force is seeing these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like still respect to them, again, military, but it's also like, you know, Marines and, you know, you know, Army mm-hmm. and everything. They're going to they're they're going to have a lot more people with a lot more action and history. So. Yeah, we're we're throwing a few things in for some of the people that have done a lot of the stuff for NASA and technology mm-hmm. building because a lot of them have died trying to help build that technology and mm-hmm. explore. So mm-hmm. we're throwing a little in for that every, every so often. But nice, well, awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, of course, we'll we'll come down the line again and see what we've been you know working on going into more detail, and we can, of course, at that point. You know, you can show some mm-hmm. of the of the work you've been doing and, and give some more, <laughs> you know, promos and links and stuff like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. next, we got Mr. Roy. What's going on, Mr. Roy? Hello. How's it going? Um, good. I mean, yeah, work's been hell, but I mean, I've been I've been hanging in there. <laughs> okay. Anything fun that's happened recently? That or anything of note to talk about? Uh, not really. That's, okay. That's the, I've just been working and sleeping. Basically. Okay. <laughs> Very, very cool. And you're still working that night shift? Yep. Oh. oh. Is that something that's going to be like that for a while? Or is it something that you are seeing, like, getting close to the end of having to do? I'm hoping to get close to the end of it. I've put in a job application at a local school that I'm still waiting on. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, so basically I've been working night shifts and then just slowly just looking for jobs for the day for the daytime. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Uh, cool. Well, cool. yeah, definitely keep us posted on that if you are able to, uh, whenever whenever the next uh, live and uh, chosen stream is. If you find something, let us know, man. Okay. All right. Next up, we got the K-Man. What's going on, the K-Man? He's rocking a, a sexy new profile picture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty much, uh, I've gone the Odin way for a while. I'm pretty much... Uh, Pretty much, it's my way of saving money to move this summer. Oh, okay, yes. nice. So, uh, do you have a location spotted out? Well, uh, I have a city that I'm looking at moving to. I just haven't ha- found the actual house yet. Okay, but uh, hopefully, if everything pans out, I'll be looking at the end of August whenever I finally move. 
Okay. Very cool. And uh, what state? Yeah, it's going to be in Tennessee. Oh, it is going to be? Okay. Okay. So really, really going my way. Okay. Neighbors. <laughs> going my way. Yes, indeed. Uh, coming up to Tennessee, or I guess for you, coming down to Tennessee. And uh, yeah, I can't imagine why you would, you know, want to move away from where you are right now. There's nothing going on uh, up th- there. Th- nah, th- th- this place, uh, it, there's, there's nothing to talk about. No, nothing. <laughs> Not a thing. Well, of course, please keep us posted on that as well as as you continue your uh, process of getting things together to move, man. And you're not the only one moving away from the West Coast. I know that uh, RK Outpost is, is already in the works as well. And um, and I know also that, uh, you know, Gary, of course, a long saga of him trying to trying to get out of uh, West Coast area as well. So huge exodus, man. And uh, yeah, Tennessee is definitely uh, some some ripe territory for sure oh yeah uh, yeah because uh it was probably about i'd say roughly almost seven years ago that i lived near nashville at the time and mm. then uh that's whenever i moved out this way uh was supposed to start a business with a friend and that kind of went south so mm-hmm. i figured might as well move someplace where I enjoyed and also closer to family. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks like, especially for music, because I know that that's a big focus for you right now. Um, you know, obviously that over the last year, especially with, you know, dropping the music and, and working on some new stuff as well, you know, getting in, into Tennessee, especially Tennessee as a state known very much uh, for, for being kind of a central hub of music and music legends, especially. So you'll be in good company. Especially seeing as I'm starting to change the, uh, music that i'm doing because mm-hmm. uh, up until now i had been mostly doing like hip-hop rap type stuff but mm-hmm. i'm actually starting to move towards a more rock uh country sound oh okay yeah tennessee definitely be a good place for that yeah all right well very good uh awesome to have you back as always the gay man we've also got joining us the wonderful, the beautiful. She is the Empress of the Universe and one of the Valkyries, one of my mods. And that is Tina. <laughs> Tina, how's it going? I went, ah! <laughs> I'm, like I told you all, I'm kind of in a weird place. Uh, I've been really on social media a lot the last couple of days. And uh, I don't know, stuff's been kind of going up and down with me. Uh, Alaska was officially canceled. Mm-hmm. And that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, even though I think realistically we knew it was going to happen and you see it in writing and then you realize that's it. Mm-hmm. It's over. And uh, so Norwegian has canceled up through the end of June. So that not only affected my cruise, but people going to the Caribbean and everything. And I think what the cruise lines are getting ready to do, because several of them have already announced it, they're going to be sailing out of the Caribbean mm-hmm. as a port. Instead of the Miami, Tampa, L.A., San Diego, Galveston, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. So I'm fully focused now on Greece, okay. and, which I've mentioned a few times. And uh, I'm getting excited about that. But I was telling Laura, I'm doing a bunch of reading. Uh, I've got, Laura, how many? Three audio books <laughs> that yeah. I'm going right now. Um uh, 
one that I had on hold with the, my library, they sent me a message last night and said, oh, it's it's Freddie if you want it. So I have David Suchet reading uh, Dead Man's Folly by Agatha Christie. And of course, he's my favorite Poirot. So uh, that's kind of fun. And I've got about four and a half more hours on an audio book I've been listening about the life of Julius Caesar. And I now know more about him than I ever knew in my life. And I'm listening to Dan Stevens read The Odyssey, and he has a lovely voice. Dan Stevens, uh, yeah. Yes. So I'm really enjoying that. And yes, so you're right. It's great because I can do other things, but I'm still listening in the background. Mm Mm-hmm. And I started a, and I just keep buying more and more books. It's like, when am I going to read them? I bought an audio book by John Toland, who wrote one of the definitive biographies on Hitler. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wrote a book about the Dillinger gang. And so Mm -hmm. I grabbed that up. And uh, what else? Oh, I'm waiting on a book about the bio. I uh, read the quote from months ago about Buxby Berkeley. I ordered his biography. I've got a biography on Douglas Fairbanks I need to read. I've got the agony and the ecstasy. (laughs) I decided to tackle it. And I am auditing a world literature class from Harvard. Oh. uh, I was telling Andrew and Laura about that. And, of course, I'm not getting any credit. It's just I'm auditing it. But um, in all the world lit classes I've ever had, I never knew that uh, Gerther is considered the creator of world literature because he actually started saying these books need to be included in literature. Okay. And uh, that was like late 18th, early 19th century. So he, and he also wrote, so I read his, what is it called? Erotica, Erotica Romana, which was inspired by his visit to Rome. And it's very short. It's like 73 pages. It's kind of, poetry and mm-hmm. i read it out loud because i think that's the best way to hear poetry and mm-hmm. it was fun uh so now with a name up- like erotica uh yes i have questions um yes, but- <laughs> yes. <laughs> might not be suited um, for the live show <laughs> yeah because when you're reading it you're like wait a minute did he just say what i think he said but he said it in using one of those euphemisms mm. and then you look at it again and go yep that's what he said so <laughs> But it's very, it's very beautiful. And um, what else did I? Oh, oh, we're getting ready to tackle the epic of uh, Gilgamesh, which I've never read. Hmm. And uh, that was Assyrian. Okay. And uh, so they've been kind of going into the history of how these clay tablets were found. And yeah. now they're getting ready to delve more into it. And I did find an audio book on Audible, but all the reviews said the the actual epic is about two hours. Listen to that and then just shut it off because this dude that did the translating decided to go into some kind of comparison of Gulf War, the Gulf War and Gilgamesh. Oh, oh Lord. And I'm like, yeah, I don't need that. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I'll just listen to the epic. And, That's why reviews uh, are so important, especially on audiobooks. It, it's the reason why, and I know that Laura can can detest to this as well. Especially when you deal with the Star Wars audiobooks, you always want to read the reviews because you always can tell if it's not listed specifically whether the book is abridged or not. Because you'll you'll find out as soon as you read the reviews, abridged version, skip it. Abridged version, skip it. Or yeah. or they'll have a comment about the voice actor not doing a good job. Because yeah. Um, 
there are some pretty bad audiobook uh, Star Wars books out there. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. But they said that the translation, you know, the translation itself is is good because when you consider you have all these clay tablets that they're still missing pieces. If you were going to read the translation, it's like you're seeing you're missing every tenth word or every fifteenth word, mm. and that way it's it's not going to work for us. Mm-hmm. So having it translated on an audiobook, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing it. So um, so anyway, so yeah, I don't get a certificate or anything. Oh, I can for $149, but um, I'm like, yeah, I'll just audit this. I feel like you just want to learn. You know, you just want to learn about it. And because, I mean, auditing yes. is cool because you're just like, hey, I get to learn all the same things. And it's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more accessible. <laughs> And free and and it's free. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> so I think that's. I guess that's it for now. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to your movies. Movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you, Tina, for being here as mm-hmm. always, and uh, thank you again for being one of the amazing Valkyrie. You're welcome. Of course. And the last, but certainly not least, she is, as we always like to say, the mother of the channel. She is a modern major general. She is, of course, the amazing waiting for Nerdrotic slash waiting for Ryan stole my fan fiction story story. <laughs> Laura, Laura, how's it going? Hi. Hi. Thanks for giving Hi. us the, the time today to come on and talk and yeah. Talk with each other and tell you what we've been watching, and yes. really appreciate you having us on. Hey, well, thank y'all for supporting. I, I always appreciate it. Oh yeah, yeah. I got some chocolate in the mail. I have it on my to do list. <laughs> Send Odin chocolate. But I see you made it through the Snyder Cut without it. <laughs> somehow, somehow, some way. I uh, yes, I, I survived it. <laughs> so is it? Um, are we going to get uh, Snook Fighter T-shirts now? <laughs> <laughs> What? Snuck what fighter. You know how we oh. have the duck fizzney? Now it's uh, snuck it's, fighter. Oh, gotcha. I'm so, I'm so behind. I'm sorry. I like that. You guys I like are three hours ahead of me, and I'm awake. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Come on. Come on. We should be a lot more awake than you. Yeah. 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 How I have you like been? Good. I feel like I want to say something to everybody when I heard your introductions. When you work nights, it really messes up your body. Mm. So, like, be aware of that. You know, kind of maybe take some vitamin D because you're not getting sunlight anymore. Um, Maybe get one of those sun lamps, you know. It's – I saw my wife go through it for years, so it – it's really something. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, and then for Tina, there's all kinds of courses on – are you going through Coursera? No, I'm going through uh, edX. Oh, yeah, that's good, too. Yeah, Coursera has courses from – like Yale and University of Pennsylvania, and there's all kinds of like, um, what's it called? The social studies courses, um, like humanities. Yeah, humanities. That's yeah, what I was yeah. For. Yeah, yeah. They have okay. all kinds of really great humanities courses, and you can get a certificate without paying for some of them. Oh, okay. Um, I'll make you a certificate too. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I'll hook you up. It'll be all fair. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, theaters are up in here, so I've got all kinds of stuff. Yay, finally can go watch oh. movies. <laughs> so excited. Yeah, and but I... Again, thanks again. I just wanted to say thank you for yeah. uh, letting us do this. Yeah. Well, I, it actually worked out perfectly, too, because, you know, I had family over yesterday, 
uh, because uh, my parents are from, you know, parents from New Orleans. So they just came up for a quick trip. And so t- yesterday was kind of like the main day they were there, which is why I had to cancel the show last night. So again, apologies for everyone. Um, I know that I kind of had it where it was a, you know, might get canceled, never officially said it. But again, um, I was with my family, so I couldn't I couldn't get that post out. Um, but uh, uh, it was a, a lot of fun and they left this morning. And so was able to uh, to get uh, be able to dedicate time to this. So always fun. Uh, and I always love just hearing what, what y'all have to say. And especially with like movies and pop culture stuff that y'all are taking in. Uh, you always, I have this giant list of things next to me from always having to be like, I need to write that. I need to get to that. And uh, I need to watch that. Uh, speaking of which, um, I'm gonna have to scratch one of these out because, um, someone mentioned a series called Ragnarok on, I think that was on Netflix and I, I just based on the trailer, I don't think I'm going to be able to get through it with the subtitles. Just going to be honest. Um, not to say that it's not good, uh, but just it's something where I think with where my mind is right now, I don't think I'd be able to get through it. So, again, uh, apologies to whoever had uh, recommended that show to me. Uh, but, Laura, thank you for, for joining us once again. I can't wait to hear all your thoughts on all the movies that you are now able to see. I think you've seen at least a couple of films in theaters, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I hit the theaters hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to hit the theaters hard. They're open now. Take that. I wanted to go like all day, you know. Oh, yeah. The movies didn't line up right, you know. I was like, oh, oh that's the tough thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the tough thing is because uh, I remember, especially when, you know, uh, a pandemic began and theaters were more limited on their times, you know, that you always want to have that perfect schedule. You go in first showing and then as soon as you get out you've got that like one o'clock showing and then as soon as you get out you get the four o'clock and like you literally can just hit every single one and sometimes you can make it work but when you can't it's just ah it's so upset so upset it's really great here because they do churches in the Mm. theaters um in Mm -hmm. in the early morning so like around one or so Mm -hmm. so you go in for an early afternoon movie you get to hang out with all the church people and they're (laughs) all happy and hugging each other and i'm just like I should go to church. Yeah, that's awesome. It's <laughs> like so wonderful. I'm glad to hear they're still doing that. Yeah, at um, oh, yeah. in New Orleans, uh, at the at the AMC Elmwood, uh, where where I used to work, they they also uh did that every Sunday as well. We had church groups all the time. Yeah, I I've had a couple people come up to me and like you know they pat me on the shoulder, or hug me, or stuff, yeah. and I'm like, this is awesome. I'm yeah. coming down here every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> See, not not my kind of thing. Uh, I like to be left alone. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm a bit Don't of an introvert, you. so for me, I, if someone taps you on the shoulder, I'm like, mm, leave me alone. It's like you're nice, but leave me alone, please. <laughs> but I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, you like it. I'm gonna say it's I was odd on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, anyway, uh, thank you all for for joining again. And we'll be uh, going into what movies, shows, that kind of stuff y'all have been uh, watching in a second. But I want to show some love to the chat because, again, chat is, as always, uh, not going to be able to spend a lot of time in the chat uh, because I want to be able to dedicate uh, my time and energy to the chosen. But we got Pat S. in the chat. What's going on, Pat S.? He's a member. Uh, we've, of course, got Stephanie B., who is the captain of my Valks. What's going on, Stephanie B.? Nathan Slay, Thanotos Felicitas here as well. We got Dadman Walking 55 saying, checking in with basketball on mute. About to have cheese pizza. Well, that sounds like a very boring pizza. Uh, but thank you for checking in, Dadman Walking. 70B says, hey what's going on? And she's got to make money for the pups. 
always, always got to support the pups. Absolutely. Uh, we got Robby saying, hey, Odin, I picked up Green Lantern 2011 on Blu-ray for $5 at Donald Dollar General. It's a steel book, too. I couldn't resist since they recently took it off of HBO Max. I will say there is a place for physical media collectors, movie collectors for bad movies. There is a there is a place in a collection for bad movies. And so treasure that. That's a uh, again, a steel book of a film that probably won't have a lot of steel books available, I imagine. So that could actually technically have value someday, especially since Ryan Reynolds is is a national treasure um at this point, even though I think he's technically Canadian. Isn't he Canadian? Maybe. It's it's yes. fine. He's an honorary American. Well, he's an honorary American. There we go. Yes. Yeah, yeah he's too foul mouthed to be a Canadian, right? Yeah. <laughs> Although, actually, all my Canadian friends prove that wrong. Uh, it actually explains how he was able to get uh, what's-his-name to come out of retirement. Um, oh, crap. He did the cell phone commercial, and he was able to get get him out of retirement. The guy that got punched in New York, sadly. Moranis. Rick Moranis, right? Oh. So, uh, now now that I've recognized that he's Canadian, it's like, well, that's how he got Rick Moranis out. Because Rick Moranis is, I believe, also Canadian as well. Yeah, he was part of the whole... Yeah, he's part of all kinds of Canadian stand-up troops in the old days. It was days. the main Canadian show that he and a bunch of other Canadian com- comics were a- part of. SCTV. SCTV, okay. Yes. The knowledge, Tina with the knowledge. Always the with the knowledge. The whole McKenzie era. The encyclopedia <laughs> of knowledge. Yeah, no, I've always been a fan of Moranis. I've always been a fan of Moranis. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's great. And he's you can go on YouTube and find a bunch of the SCTV episodes mm-hmm. oh, cool. from the early 80s. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we had Father Christopher Miller popping on for a few. He says, Howdy do it. Howdy do it. Great name. Uh, Eric K is a member. Keely Chow in the chat as well. Soul Assassin, who also had said, uh, Tina, you had him at Erotica. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh lord getting spicy <laughs> uh, sugar would be pleased yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> we had samurai vader also in the chat we got zk man hanging out we got eagle rider also known as rosetta allen who's hanging out Rhaegar targaryen here as well echo based network what's going on bro glad to, glad to see you in the chat as well. We got just another red shirt here also. Father Christopher Miller says, my governor had meat on the menu day yesterday to counter Colorado's meat-free day, which was also yesterday. Interesting. Oh. Okay. Pat S. moved to Memphis. Enjoy getting slapjacked in the head, says Pat S. Wow. I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound very pleasant. So I would say no. I would say no. Uh, Keely Chow says, come to Huntsville, Alabama. I've heard good things about Huntsville uh, because that's where the flick pick lived for, for quite a bit. Uh, it's a college town to my knowledge. So, um, you know, if you want to be around a bunch of college kids, I guess. Um, Pat S says, Texas is love. I saw that Steph was showing some love saying, move to Texas, K-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty big state. Pretty much any kind of weather or... Uh, any type of style or culture you're looking for, you'll find it somewhere there. That's all right. That that was my second choice if I didn't make it to uh, Tennessee. Ooh, well you heard you heard that, Stephanie beat Tennessee's better. Oh yeah. Ooh. You heard it from the K man. 
Yeah. You guys are throwing shade, and she's gonna get you. Oh, I, she is. She she is not gonna let that go. And uh, go ahead. But that's only because of his family dealing with Tennessee. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, makes sense, but it's also better. But uh, Rob D <laughs> says, "Have you gotten to read any Star Wars books recently? Not recently. Uh, I finished that uh, that one. Uh, the last book I finished was Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, which was really good. And I haven't read anything since because I've I've fallen into listening to some random music on the way to work. I of course listen to podcasts. I of course listen to a lot of Tim Pool day after, uh, since typically my evenings are 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 taken up doing other things." Um, and also I was in the process of leading the, reading the creature from Jekyll Island because it was mentioned nonstop on the Tim cast IRL podcast. And it's a story about the foundation and founding of the federal reserve system. And so I find it fascinating, but. Oh, I um, thought it was the sequel to Frankenstein Island. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> One could only hope Tina, because that would have been, oh, could you imagine? Just reading the book, but it's like having the book being read to me, but it's like plot points that are similar to Frankenstein Island. That would be. Tina, you're getting a percentage from that movie. <laughs> Every time I mention it, I get a dollar. Every time I mention it, I get I get two cents because that's probably what the movie made. <laughs> she gets all the royalties and all the commissions that the film doesn't yeah. get. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the new number two, also known as Dean Heiss. What's going on? He says, I must have missed something. Didn't know this was going to be a, a bit of stream today. I did mention it. I did say we would have a chosen stream this week. I think the big thing was not having the show last night. I know that um, definitely put a wrench in things. Uh, Force Ghost Jeremy is here. Uh, and let's see. Pat S. <laughs> I can't believe at the end of the Snyder Cut, they killed off Dean and Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you mean Dean and Sam didn't get married? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, a throwback to when he was he and Steph were both putting fake spoilers in for uh, oh. Supernatural when I hadn't finished Supernatural and they were putting in fake spoilers. And so I appreciate that very much. By the way, I, I saw that uh, Steph and Nathan Slay had put don't put spoilers for the standard cut. I'm going to say right now there really aren't any spoilers like it, it's it's the same movie, but longer with different takes essentially. And I, I've heard some people say that there's a character that is introduced that was not introduced previously, but I don't think that's true. Um, because I remember the the person from the previous version of the movie. So, yeah. Uh, that's all I'll say about that, though. Um, just in case it is a spoiler. But I really don't think there's... Other than the characters that are, you know, obviously Dark Side, but that's not really a spoiler, because that's that was all over the promotional material. That's like the only new character, really, that I can think of, but maybe I missed something in that four hours of Zack Snyder, you know, being all Zack Snyder. Um, <laughs> Alex McCarthy's Alex McCarthy. Okay, let me call it Alex McCarthy for a second. He's a member on the channel. He's also a a part time mod. Um, he apparently has watched this film three or four times. <laughs> he has dedicated twelve to sixteen hours of his life. To... Well, remember we, we we've discussed he has bad taste in movies. Oh yes, so. we have. But sixteen potential hours of his life to the Snyder Cut, <laughs> which I gave a C plus to, which is above average. C plus technically is above average, but I mean, come on, man. Yeah, I watched the first hour and fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't blame you. No, I didn't. So I didn't. I don't blame you. 
I don't blame you. I don't blame anyone for 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 skipping on it entirely, but it's not bad. I can say that much. Uh, and again, yeah, I'll say for what I watched, it's it's better than the yeah. the other cut. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Alex McCarthy says that he's eating pizza, and I have a movie on that I won't mention. Oh my gosh! So he's watching it again. <laughs> Alex McCarthy, I think you have a problem, man. I think we need to have like an intervention. Yeah, you can just do Hail Marys, man. You don't need to do that to yourself. <laughs> it's like just pray a rosary, man. You know, time. Even if you're not a person of faith, it would be time better spent than than on that. Oh boy, uh, Kip Ellis. Uh, in the chat as well. I think we're almost caught up on everybody. That 70s Rock fan who's a member as well. Um, Thanatosis Felicitas says he's going to rewatch Xanadu, cheesy 80s movie, but great soundtrack. Oh, my we, God. We, we talked about oh Xanadu, uh, I think, last stream. Oh, no. yeah, it's does, painful that I've seen that. It's painful. Xanadu. Father Christopher Miller says Bulls Trek is a good example of what? Father never gives context ever. I know who Bowles Trek is. I, I mean, I do too. But he says he's a good example, and I'm I'm sitting here like Father. <laughs> if I ever have a context shirt, Father will be the sole reason why, because he is by far the worst when it comes to providing context. Dear Lord, man. Ah, <sighs> uh, General Winkster says, "Finally got your movies. 1917 is fantastic. Have not seen El Royale yet, but I'm glad that you enjoyed 1917. Glad that those. Yeah, uh, I got notifications this week that a bunch of the movies sets that I sent out have been accepted. So if you haven't received it yet, they should um, be uh, received soon. But yeah, ba- uh, um, bad times at the bad uh, bad times at the El Royale <laughs> is fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I know. I went. I said the wrong thing." It's okay. It's been a long weekend for me. Uh, <laughs> Pat says, I own Green Lantern because it was filmed in New Orleans. Uh, uh, well. Starship Troopers was filmed in the Badlands. I still don't own it because it sucked. Ooh. Just saying. Ooh. Uh, what? Ooh. It sucks com- I'm sorry. It sucks compared to the book. It oh, okay. Okay. Oh. So you're one of the book snobs of... Of... Yeah, on that one, yes, because I'm an absolute <laughs> hemline addict. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, to me, that's the only, like, the only legit reason to dislike a movie. I mean, obviously, there's other reasons, but like to me, the best reason to dislike a movie that is universally loved is if it's based off a book and the book is perceived by you to be better. Because you're like, I feel like at that point, even if you're the biggest fan of the movie, you're like, oh, I can understand that. That makes sense to me. Well, because it is also weird watching the alien terrain be a place that I've hiked about fifty thousand times. Mm, fair <laughs> point too. Yeah, it just seems odd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pat S says, "Strange Brew rocked." Yeah, I actually have not seen Strange oh, Brew. I haven't. It's good. It, it well, it was Bob and Doug McKenzie stuff with a lot of weird, obscure drug humor, but it is actually kind of funny in a mm-hmm. sick, twisted way. <laughs> nice, yeah. A uh, hunk of chunk of funky monkey who is a member uh, in the chat says Texas rules. You can tell because awesome people live there. Nice. New number two says Odin still been keeping up with Resident Alien. I have Alan Tudyk show on Sci Fi, and it is still fantastic um it's it's pretty amazing and i'm just happy it hasn't gone woke i i've been very happy with it yeah um it's getting close to the end of the season uh so there's not a whole lot of time 
left. And there have I'm been. I'm just cynical. I always expect. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to me, there have been moments in characters where they could have absolutely done it and have not. Um, well, I hope it stays that way for you. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I mean, I, one could argue, I think, that there's this, these elements of, like, girl power in it. But, again, it's not enough to be, you know, well, awful or anything. Well, um, is, is the difference between we're going to build the girls up at the expense of the men or is it yeah. just strong, in-your-face girls with a lot of personality? Well, here's the interesting thing is that there is that dynamic between the sheriff and the deputy because the def- deputy is a woman. And she's very smart. She's she's too good for the job, and the the deputy and the sheriff is is kind of this big personality who thinks he's the best at everything. But here is the wrinkle: the sheriff is a black man, so it kind of puts a wrinkle on it, right? Because you would think that that kind of character dynamic would be, oh well, it's going to be a white sheriff, and then the female deputy is going to be better than him, right? It's going to be this whole thing. But like having that, I think, kind of changes that dynamic a bit. And so I'm like, oh, it's not really. The same. It's interesting, too, how that changes everything as well. I don't know. It's an interesting commentary, I think. That 70s rock fan, though, says lived in Texas for years, best years of his life. Kara Tharp is a member I love reading. I'm currently reading On a Sea of Glass. It's a book about the Titanic. Fun, fun stuff. Father then says, wrong, there is a new character that wasn't in the original. I understand that context, Father, somehow. Talking there about Snyder Cut. I don't remember which one it was. But again, I think people are thinking that it wasn't in the original. But it actually was. Um, But it is what it is. But anyway, Dr. Essex does drop a super chat just now before jumping back to The Chosen. So again, chat, I'm going to be going back to The Chosen. Uh, But Dr. Essex, thank you for the super chat. says, I'm seeing the anti-life equation in Reykjavik forming now on a live channel other monitor the title I can't font, though. What? That didn't make any sense to me, other than anti-life oh. equation, which I know is a reference to uh, the Snyder Cut, but... Yeah, I think they're talking about they can't put it in italics, I guess? Mm-hmm. Font? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, But Father, Father, the problem with that, and I, just, I know exactly what you're talking about now, that character is seen earlier in the movie, though. So is the earlier scene also something new? Just let me know that, Father, because then that won't spoil any character. But if the character who was seen earlier and is, you see who the character is earlier in the movie and it was not at that that part, then it would not therefore be new, technically. Just saying. Just saying. Anyway, please be sure to smash that like button, please, though, everybody especially for my chosen today. And we're going to go ahead and dive into what we've been watching and consuming recently. And so let's go in, uh, let's go in reverse order today. And we'll start off with Laura. Laura, what you've been watching, what you've been going to the theater to see. Oh, hi. Um, yeah. So I, I saw two, I've seen two movies recently. Okay. Um, I saw Minari, which oh. is the movie about the Korean family who moves to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I mean, it, it's as good as everybody says it is. Um, I think they got several Oscar nominations from the movie, but it, you know, it was a great first movie to go back to the theaters with because it was, you know, very um, uplifting and lighthearted and um, inspirational. So, nice. So that was nice. And then, um, let's see, what else did I see? Oh, the, I saw the cur- the cur- 
I can't say it. The Courier yesterday with a Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't know much about that. What What is the general premise of that movie? So it's set during the Cuban Missile Crisis in the sixties. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is a, is he's a a British businessman, and mm. I guess that they didn't have a lot of spies in the Soviet Union at that time. So they recruit him because he travels there for business to try to hook up with some spies that they know that they have in um, in the Soviet Union. Mm. So he, he's going back and forth from Moscow to London um, and he's currying, you know, hence the name of the movie, he's currying secrets back and forth. And um, the spy um, discovers the um, fact that, you know, they're trying to move missiles into Cuba. Hmm. So I guess it's based on a true story, so that okay. makes it even more interesting. Okay, is yeah. it is it compelling? Is it dry? Like, what kind of film is it? Is it one where you're kind of always, you know, intrigued to learn more as the story unfolds, or or is it just kind of, eh, it is what it is? It really it took a while to get going. Mm. Um, the two men become very good friends, uh, but you know, the second half of the movie is just, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, Cumberbatch is going to get an Oscar nomination because the performance at the end. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to spoil anything. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah, the performance he he does at the end. Um, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Not very. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Not very eloquent today. Oh no, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, because I'm wondering if that was a movie that was out during the because i know the oscars this year especially had the, the this weird timeline time frame stuff for uh for films that could be you know put forward so i'm wondering if that one would would not be eligible until until next year at this point yeah i think that's what i heard okay it wasn't eligible this year okay um yeah it uh i was kind of sitting there for a while going god i hope this gets better because it kind of was dragging <laughs> and then all of a sudden it got better so okay thank you <laughs> that's always good to hear uh, when films start off slow and then they're able to build up that's great and uh to yeah. get back to minari uh because that's a movie i really want to see uh because i'm a you know i really do like was it steven young yeah steven young steven young and he was in the walking dead and he was one of my favorite characters in the walking dead um and also one of my favorite actors in the walking dead as well like he was the he was so I think underappreciated by a lot of people because he was not really a main character, but he had every emotional beat that he showed in the, in the, in the walking dead was always on point. It was always just, you know, it was exactly what it needed to be. And I think it, again, very understated, very underappreciated performance there. So I'm happy to see that he's getting some, some buzz. He's getting some, uh, some award attention uh, this year. Sadly, I, I don't think he, uh, he made it into the Raven Awards this year because, again, uh, by the way, uh, there are now vastly more people who have voted for winners this this so far than people who nominated, which uh, I shake my finger at because, you know. Well, nobody saw anything. <laughs> so yeah. if no one saw anything. Why are they voting? So then why are they voting? Since Gone with the Wind wasn't nominated. <laughs> Since Gone with the Wind wasn't there, I had nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about. <laughs> but anyway, I appreciate that people are voting nonetheless. But no, I, I'm so glad that he's getting attention. So, you know, uh, did, how, did you give a grade or if you could give a grade to Minari, what would you give? 
Oh, definitely a minus. Okay. I mean, there was there was very little uh, flaw with it. I mean, it's it's very much focused on the family, so mm-hmm. not a great deal happens. Um, okay. I was just thrilled that they showed the local people in Arkansas because you know they're very mm. church going. Yeah. Um, people, I, I'm glad that they showed them in a really good light because I mean there are some definitely quirky people. Um, but I was worried that they were going to try to make it like a racist thing mm-hmm. that the Korean family wasn't accepted, but yeah. it, it was good to see they immediately formed friends and nice. found the church and yeah, see, I, so. I, I, that's what I thought it would be too. And I actually was, was not going to be, I was actually going to be okay if it went that direction, because that I think is something we don't often see in movies, right? We don't oftentimes hear about Korean immigrants, uh, and, and what they might have to deal with. Um, uh, struggle wise and so for me that would be again obviously it, it's always tough when you see movies that are always you know telling the same story right but this would I think would have been unique had they gone that direction but it's interesting how it actually it talks about the struggles in a different way I guess yeah there's um, a, you know a couple of the quirky people really steal the show and you know they're not featured as much because it does focus on the family but there's there are a couple local characters that you're just like yeah. wow i bet he really enjoyed playing that role because nice. they gave him like a lot to work with. even though he's not on screen a lot it's like wow they really gave him a lot to work with there mm-hmm. so yeah. that was fun and, and by the way uh, the new number two has posted a spoiler for the walking dead um however <laughs> I, I will say that uh that moment's been you know ha- have happened for for many years now at this point um, but I will say that it's always good to put spoiler alert before you actually put the spoiler just for future <laughs> reference, Dean Heiss, uh, because you put the spoiler and then after it, you put spoiler alert. And it's like, well, at that point, you've already read it. And <laughs> so anyway, I just I, I just found I just found that funny. Uh, Elizabeth Lyons, who's a member, just just said hi. Anything else, though, uh, that you were able to see any shows, maybe? Oh, God. The God awful <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I've taken to calling it um, banking, boating, and Bucky because it has absolutely nothing. I mean, he's Bucky is not the Winter Soldier anymore at this yeah. point. He's just kind of like, he used to be like kind of dangerous and sexy and, you know, running around with his steel arm and now he's just like sad and in therapy i know that's right it's so true (laughs) what is this (laughs) and i don't i just don't find falcon a very compelling character they tried to give you some backstory i i don't know it 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 didn't work for me falcon was one of those characters that's really entertaining as a sidekick secondary not as a main Mm. I mean, the the great thing about them two is the chemistry between them because they kind of hate each other. But, yeah. you know, it's like, uh, I guess this is a spoiler. You know, hey, mute yourself if you don't want to hear this. Um, That's th- how you do no it, by the way. You, you say yeah, beforehand. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like no interaction between the two of them in the whole first episode. Yeah. So it's like, well, that's kind of what I'm here for is to watch them hate on each other. But mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and you're kind of you're kind of waiting. Obviously, they're they're trying to yeah. build up to that, um, but I guess the the thing that let me down so much about that first episode is that that first scene, that first action sequence is so good. It is the chase, like everything about it, and you're like, you've now established that Falcon's a badass. Like you've now established that, and then what happens as soon as that ends? Now let's go off on this random narrative about a boat. 
And baking. So, and baking. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. What? He just establishes a badass. And now he's going to go off and deal with the whole, like, oh, it's our family. It's our family legacy is this boat and, you know, the food and and then the bank. And then, of course, they're dealing with, you know, racism. And it's like, oh, you could have done so much more. And that's not even getting to the end of it. But, uh, Laura, were you saying something? Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, the, the Winter Soldier is kind of considered one of the least favorite, mm. um, you know, movies of the Marvel the whole thing. But it's like I went back and watched it. Um and it's funny because um, Falcon is talking about Captain America and he's like, yeah, I can do anything that he can do. I just do it slower. You know? <laughs> so I was like, Why are we focusing on this particular character here? Yeah. I guess you don't have anybody else left. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I know why Winter Soldier was less popular, but I actually thought in some ways it had a lot more compelling story than a lot of the others. Wait a minute. Yeah. When, when did this happen? Winter Soldier is often argued to be the one of the best. Well, maybe I'm uh, not a lot of groups. Now. A lot of what? groups. I don't know. I can't keep I've, it up. I've not in the groups that I hang out with. I've talked to a lot of them that actually talk about it being not fast enough in a lot of the scenes because uh, there is a lot of storylining and stuff. And it's like, well, that's because a lot of the Marvel movies don't have much story. It's just the action. And I think people people generally, the people that, again, I talk to who like it, who put it as like one of the, the top choices, um, typically they're the ones that were – the reason why they like it is because it's it's a it's a unique – uh, Marvel film, right? It's not the stereotypical like let's superhero do superhero stuff. It's actually more of like a spy almost. It's like a, a spy thriller in yeah. a lot of a lot of essences. And so because there's that difference, different aspect to it, people in, in general I think like it just a little bit more. But that is interesting. I again I I hadn't heard of these groups of people that. Oh, you know what? I think it's just me because I didn't like. It. <laughs> <laughs> don't no, you? Actually, I do I, that too. I, I'm agreeing that I've seen the groups that don't like it as much as the others because it's slower. In yeah. a lot of places than the others, and I actually—that's part of what I like about it. It's not just action; it has more plot, mm-hmm. and I think that's well, what most yeah. of us who lo- love it love about it. Mm. A lot of people don't make YouTube videos about stuff they love. Yeah, you know? the really good fiery mm-hmm. YouTube videos about you know I hate this movie. I'm going to tear it to pieces. You know. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I, I love yeah, how it's all good. But 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 there is something to be said because if if you if your if your life is based on YouTube, right? If 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 that's like your primary job then it makes sense because as a clear example, like luckily I, I do this for fun. And so I, I don't have to, I know that earlier on, especially in my channel, when I was trying to grow things, right. I was definitely, definitely fell more into the negative for a lot of things. But like, I looked at my re- re- recent videos of my movie reviews and it's like, I, I, I talked so positively about so many different movies and barely anyone wants to watch that. No one, no one wants to watch you be nice to a movie. You know, they want to see you well, tear a movie yeah. apart. Well, just like me here today. I mean, yeah. Minari was probably the best movie I've seen in years. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's it's good. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, it's it's good. The grandma's relationship with the son was made me cry. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, there's not a lot of fire there. It's just love. Yeah. I just love it. But, you know, when you get something you hate, there's just so much there to hate. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is bad here, and it's bad there, and it fires you up. But, mm-hmm. yeah, um, who was it? Mecca Random, Mecca Random used to do these experiments where she would do like um, a video talking about like cooking or her favorite guitar or something, and she would show people. She'd be like, "See, nobody watched that video." Yeah. <laughs> also, when you did that, I was like, "I've done that too," and I'm sure everyone has. You know, everyone at one point has been like, "Oh yeah, no one likes that," but it's just it's just you, and like, 
And so you just word it in that way, though, to make it sound like it's this like well-known thing. But in reality, you're like, it's just me. Um, but I was glad that both you and Rosetta, though, feel the same way about it. <laughs> I think it was Age of Ultron that people don't like, which I personally don't have a problem with. But yeah, that one does take a lot of fire. Well, I, personally, yeah. I liked most of the movies up until a little after Ultron where they started getting weird and trying to go to Captain Marvel and all this crap is a little mm-hmm. more woke. Yeah. I liked the early movies, even the ones that were less like there were still good in them. Mm-hmm. Now it's just, they've just turned it into propaganda for Disney's whining. Yeah. I mean, cause I actually did, uh, and I might need to do another one, but I did an official poll and it was MCU films ranked. Now this was before a couple of films had come out, but the, the the top three movies. So I I have some <clears throat> I have some factual data to back uh to back up what I'm saying at least. Um, the top three movies were Infinity War on top, the first Avengers movie, and then at number three was Captain America: Winter Soldier. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's Captain Mar- Marvel? Um, Captain Marvel. <laughs> Captain Marvel had, had come out. It had come out. And that was when there were only 20 films in the canon. Captain Marvel was dead last. Where it belongs. It was below, <laughs> it was below Thor the Dark World. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And very sad to see, Incredible Hulk was listed number 17 out of 20. That made me sad because I actually really well, liked that movie. Okay, which one is Incredible Hulk? Is that what Edward Norton? That's the Edward Norton yeah, one. Yeah, and I actually like Norton better than freaking Ruffalo. But that's also yeah, because I can't stand I'm... Ruffalo. And they've made the character too much like him when he's Hulk. Now you can't mm. get away from the fact freaking him. Well, plus there's the nerd Hulk that they showed too. And it was like, ugh. Ugh. no, thank you. If Hulk's not hulking out. I don't want to see it. <laughs> get out of here. But yeah, also Age of Ultron was 11 ranked 11 that's way too high for age of ultron it's way too high <laughs> way too high <laughs> it's way too high for age of ultron come on man oh goodness gracious uh anyway I remember which one that was yeah that was, that was when vision showed up right yeah okay yeah that was the one when they first introduced scarlet witch and um or not first introduced but that was the one that featured them uh okay yeah 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 and uh and here's how i do it spoiler warning it's when quicksilver died <laughs> So, yeah. I just thought it was funny that when Vision came came out and was created, he looked over at, at Thor and grew a cape so he could beat. He was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." That's right. And then he escaped <laughs> and sprouted out of back. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, anything else that you've been able to see? Ah, uh, shout out to the great K Man. I finally saw Kung Fury the whole way. Yeah, <laughs> Kung Fury coming back. Uh, that needs more love. We need to get the word out. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's good. It's so good. It's amazing. That's what you should say. <laughs> There's not a bad thing about it. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I forgot. Superman and Lois. Yeah, the show. Yeah. So are you liking it as well? Yes. Um, I'm a huge Tyler Holland fan um, mm-hmm. from way back when he was doing cheesy little uh uh, Teen Wolf movie. <laughs> he did this Teen Wolf show on MTV, and it was it was, oh my god, the special effects were so horrible. Oh lord! <laughs> everybody loved him. All it was like him, and then a bunch of younger kids, and all the kids just loved him to pieces. Like, and he's the one playing yeah. Superman. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, Tyler I assumed. Holland. I just did. I I don't know his name. So yes, Tyler Holland is playing Superman, and he played 
like the lead werewolf in the Teen Wolf show, mm-hmm. and Dylan O'Brien was on that show, oh. and him and Dylan O'Brien just became great friends, and it was he really helped uh, helped him with his career and encouraged okay. him and stuff. So it was it was very cool. Laura and I both like Dylan O'Brien's films uh, a lot, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, Love and Monsters. I wish it had gotten more love in this year's Ravens, but you know, I haven't seen it. He did um, a movie called American Assassin with Michael Keaton. Um, it's not great, but it's not horrible. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's like he's not the second coming, right? He, it's not like he is, you know, everything he touches is gold. He's just he's dynamic and he's fun. He's fun to watch. I just want him to get his, I'm glad that Tyler got his shot with the show. I'm, mm-hmm. I really want Dylan to get a good role, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And yeah, uh, I've not watched the most recent episode of of Superman and Lois, but so far, uh I was I was very pleased with everything that I was seeing. Well, these days it's like it's not, you know, it's not woke, so Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I said that that's just, the metric. Yeah. And then also there's that concept like Rosetta was saying earlier, it, well, yet. And so it's like I pray that it just stays the course um because we desperately need it. Yeah, like Father and I, uh, Father Christopher Miller and I got in a discussion because they were bringing up like, you know, they brought up issues like the um, living wage and mm-hmm. um, safety, job on the job safety and just different things going on in small towns. Yeah. Uh, but I thought they did it really well. You know? Yeah. And I, and I think that's something, too, where where when you look at it, like within the context of the show with what's going on in the show, like if it's something where it can work and it's not like overtly like hitting you over the head with it. Like th- those are the kinds of things that I can, you know, you know, get over pretty quickly. But when, yeah, but when it's very like clear, like for instance, you know, kind of going back to what we were said before about Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, so spoiler, I guess technically, and we talked about this on <laughs> Friday Night Tights, but Falcon right gives up the shield because he was convinced by this guy and essentially convinced by the government to give the shield up to for it to be used in a museum. And the mindset was that no one can ever fill his shoes. No one can ever be the next Captain America, even though, of course, he told, you know, basically told Falcon, hey, you, you know, this is this is for you and passing it on. Uh, and he felt like he couldn't do it. So he gave up the shield. Well, then by the end of the episode, after the whole boat and food stuff, which, again, completely just destroyed any of the momentum oh. that was started with the very beginning. Right. <laughs> um, about a boat. Right. Yeah. And so then at the very end of the show, what happens? The same dude, who happens to be white, comes out and says, we do need a Captain America. We do need someone to fit the bill. And who is it? It's a white man in the captain suit with the cap shield. And you're like, well, this show just became about race. And uh, (laughs) that's not what any of us wanted. Because had they just had that action sequence in the beginning... And then had him go through this struggle of not being able to accept it, but then eventually accept the shield. That could be compelling. That could be really good. But instead, they decided to make it into this, and it's just. Ugh. I, I guess I'm just gonna have to watch like a lot of the Batman fan films and stuff like that, and you know, I'm just gonna have to find. I guess I'll just start reading again. Yeah. I don't, it's just it's so hard to find stuff that you can watch and not be enraged on a daily yeah. basis. Though. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But hey, at least, uh, again, Superman and Lois is pretty good. And I do, going back to uh, what someone had asked before, I do recommend Resident Alien. Uh, it's a fun, it's a dark comedy, though. I will say that much. Um, it's interesting, uh, the directions that the show's going. I have to put that down in my ever-growing yeah. list of things to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah, well, over time, you know, you'll have a list. So I've got I've got this this list right here, and then this came from this list here, and like seriously, I've got just pages of notes and stuff that I kind of yeah. Oh my. It's just. Why well, just jump the line and send you a DVD so you feel obligated to? <laughs> Like, well then, then you talk to people like Bruce who sent who has sent me like you know hundreds of movies, and he's like, oh "What my. do you mean jump in front of the line?" <laughs> okay, first you send the chocolate, then you send the yes, DVD. yes. <laughs> you send, send the chocolate with the note saying, "This chocolate is to remind you to put this at the front of the line." Remember me. Oh, Remember? and then uh, uh, and then underwater. <laughs> this puts in Odin takes bribes. Yes, chocolate can be bribed. I take chocolate bribes, yes. So you saw Underwater. What are your thoughts? <laughs> so fun. Oh my Was God. it? Okay. My animals were so mad at me because I just kept, you know, so many jump scares. They were just like, what is going on with you today? Uh, <laughs> were they like trying to sleep and then you just like woke them up because you were jumping? They're dogs. They're always trying to sleep. Somebody's oh, yeah. always that's, that's why I should know this. I should already know that. I do know this, in fact. So my that's my yeah. bad. It was fun. Nice. So is it as good as uh, um, as Mahler has said that it is? Oh, Mahler likes it. Or EFAP. Someone on EFAP liked it. I thought I assumed that was Mahler, but Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it it's got a good pace. It uh, it it feels realistic, you know, because Kristen Stewart's like hacked off all her hair and. She, you feel like she could be that character. Okay. You know? um, so she's not a total, yeah. like, sucking the energy out of the entire film <laughs> as she normally is. Uh, poor Twilight. Oh, my God. There's poor kids. <laughs> I know, right? You know they want to go back It's not time. just Twilight. Almost everything she's ever done. Yeah, for her. Have you seen her in anything besides Twilight? I'm I, trying to think. I've I, never sat through Twilight. She, I've seen some of her other she things that I wanted that... to Lars, she was in that Snow White movie. Oh God, that's right. Where she, she was, where Snow she was White. sleeping with the, oh, where she, she was sleeping the with the director, and got yeah. caught by the paparazzi. Yeah. That's oh, right. God, yeah, that's right. Because mm-hmm. oh. I, I'm sorry, I kept saying, how is her? How is she even possibly cast as the fairest of them all? And that one they got in trouble with. I think that's the one because there were two. It was that and Mirror Mirror, and they both came out around the same time. Um, yes, yes. But Mirror Mirror actually employed dwarves, where I think the one with Kristen Stewart had actors pretending to be dwarves. And I think it caused some controversy there because it's like, really? You can't even cast, you know, you know, dwarf and small people actors instead? I don't really care about that, honestly, myself. But whoever can play the part and look good. Oh, no, no. Again, I understand it. But if look good, then it's crap. But but to me, there are literally people who are who again are made for those roles, and are looking for work. Oh, so it's I, not like they I didn't have that. it, and they are good at their jobs too. And it's like assumption that it's always they had somebody better. You know what I mean? Because they they don't always have those guys available, depending on the situation and what when they're filming and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, I, I get the controversy yet. I wonder if it was an automatic assumption or if they actually looked into why. You know? <sighs> Can you imagine the dwarfs like having a union and they've gone on strike because they're not hiring them? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Really? This is literally called 
The, the, the story that it's based on is literally has the name Seven Dwarves in here. And, I mean, come on, man. That's an easy one. Anyway. Come on, man. Come on, man. Exactly. Come exactly. on, man. <laughs> Mirror Mirror was actually kind of cute for what it was. It was. And yet the only thing worth watching to me, two things worth watching in there. Um, and by the way, new number two. We are. I, it's not. It's not malicious. In in not. We're not picking on you in a malicious way. It's just now become this thing where I have to say it now. So spoiler warning. Uh, mirror, mirror. There. It's one of the only movies where Sean Bean doesn't die. Because Sean Bean plays the king, who was missing, and then you find out that one of the animal creatures in the movie was him the whole time, and he actually basically comes back to life essentially at the end so it's the opposite of the sean bean trope uh but anyway so that's a great part but then all of a sudden there's this really random weird bollywood like (laughs) singing number (laughs) and it's uh oh who played snow white in that what's her name um she was in mank recently too um the one that helped out uh mankowitz amanda lily lily collins lily collins Yeah, so Lily Collins was in it, and she, I thought she did a great job. Um, but, yeah, they used dwarves in that one. That's why I said it was cute for what it was. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to say it was a great movie, but it was tolerable at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. She uh, Somebody just said she was in that new Charlie's Angels. Oh, God. Which I <laughs> had erased from my memories. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on let's talk about something <laughs> yeah. did you have anything else to, to say uh laura no that's very good lily knowledge though i appreciate that okay <laughs> well thank okay. you for sharing uh what you've been watching with us yeah i'm gonna run get the house some lunch all right figure out what we're doing all right sounds good everyone's doing good on time today mm-hmm. so far all right just just uh checking in all right tina what you've been watching yes. Been kind of all over the place as usual. <laughs> I start to bob, start to bomb, work my way up because yeah. the main thing I want to talk about, I want to spend some time on it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I know everybody liked Fat Man, but I didn't care for it. I wish it had, had a different ending where the kid had gotten like stomped into the ground or really punished or something. He's a I kid. I, just, I don't care. I don't <laughs> He's care. A child. Oh, which, which made me think. I was looking at an episode. A Midsummer Murders last night. There was a scummy teenager in it. I kept saying, oh, I hope he's the next murder victim. He's got to come. He just shot a fox for no reason. And so he was the next murder victim. Well, when I'm looking at the closing credits, I saw the name of the actress who was in Excalibur, who played Guinevere. And then I saw that the scummy teenager was played by Henry Cavill. Mm. a very very young Henry Cavill and I was like well he was pretty good in that because I hated him enough that I wanted him dead so (laughs) there you go wasn't random random thought of young Henry Cavill roles wasn't he also in the Tudors yes he played Charles Brandon who in real life was Henry VIII's uh, best friend and also his brother-in-law yeah yeah, Man. he sure was. But he was a whole lot. He was like a teenager. Mm, okay. So really, really young. Really, really young. Yeah. But I just thought that was funny. But anyway, so Fat Man, I, I kind of enjoyed parts of it, but there were other parts of it, I, it that just left me flat. 
I didn't think it was a bad movie. It's just I don't think I would ever watch it again, and I'm glad I got to see it for free. Mm. Um, okay, this is... Uh... <laughs> that makes me sad because two and a half stars, really two and a half stars for Batman. Well, yeah, well, it was lower than that at first, and then I had to start thinking about it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll give it an extra half. Odin so. would be really upset if I had oh. a two or a one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so the other one... <laughs> The other one, this is one I've seen in the past. It's one of those guilty pleasures. It's called Sodom and Gomorrah. Hmm. And it was kind of be, trying to be a biblical epic, but it ended up being a cross between Ben-Hur, the Ten Commandments, King of Kings 300, uh, and trading groups. Hmm. Like the, you know, uh, the Phantom Menace. And uh, I don't know. A- Abraham is not even in it. It's all about Lot and the people that went with him. And mm-hmm. then they end up camping near Sodom and Gomorrah. And you got a wicked queen. She's got a wicked brother. The wicked brother seemed to know that this movie was a joke because he didn't even have a mustache, but you could see him twirling it, you know, the whole time. Mm-hmm. So he was having fun. Stuart Granger. I've seen him in other things. He's usually fairly good. In this, it was like, I'm not believing you, Stuart. I'm not believing in I'm not believing you as a biblical character. I'm not believing you as a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike Charlton Heston, I wouldn't follow you around the block at this point. Mm-hmm. So um the only thing that was really good about the movie was that when I heard the overture, I said, oh, my gosh, I think that's Nicholas Rosa's music. And it turned out it was. OK, so his music was the best thing of the movie. But at the and I mean, everybody knows the story of Simon Gomar. It's not yeah. like I'm dropping spoilers, but that's the best when, insult to a movie, though. Like when a movie's bad, the best way to insult it is to say. Well, the music's good. Like, let me start the with the positives. Good. The music's good. The music was good. And yeah. it was like, Nicholas Rosa, you deserve better than this this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess when Sodom and Gomorrah are being destroyed, that was fairly decent. And I was laughing because people were looting during the destruction scene. And they're even killing each other to get stuff. And then part of a building would collapse on top of them. So that oh, was pretty Lord. funny. <laughs> And uh, and I was like, that's so typically human. The world's coming to an end and you're still looting, you know. And uh, but uh, biblically, Lot left Sodom and Gomorrah with his two daughters mm-hmm. and his the infamous Lot's wife. Yeah. And in this, he was leading out a huge exodus. He had hundreds of people going out with him. So he became Moses then. He turned into Moses. He turned but into he Moses. Was Lot. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh my God. Deliver gosh. us. So, so it was just, oh my God. From the salty land. <laughs> From the salty land. <laughs> and uh, of course, the his wife in this, she was younger. He, She was like wife number two. And she kept telling him, this invisible God that you worship, that's not anything. You made all of this by yourself. And that was part of her reason for turning around mm. uh, to see the destruction. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, does, does her turn, does she turn into the pillar of salt? Mm-hmm. That okay. was actually not a bad effect considering the movie mm. came out in 19 early 1962. Yeah. Mm. I like, I actually like that better than I did in the John Houston Bible in the beginning. Um, 
I thought her turning into a pillar of salt was better than the one they did in the Bible in the beginning. Uh, what's the other one I saw? Oh, The Yesterday Machine. Oh, my gosh. This movie was all over the place. You've got time travel. You've got Nazis. You've got a mad scientist. They even brought up the, the death camps at one point hmm. in this movie. Um but they're like I said, it's one of those 1950s drive-in movies that by the time um, you're getting to all this was supposed to be the serious stuff everybody was making out anyway. <laughs> so nobody would have been, nobody was going to look up at the screen and go, wait a minute, did they just mention Buchenwald or Dachau? Wait a minute. How so that was the makeup movie of the day is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, well, kind of <laughs> like the next one I'm going to talk about, The yeah. Creeping Terror, which mm. Mystery Science Theater couldn't even help. And I was watching it on their show. You gave it a half star. It's, it's, about, a, <laughs> it's about a piece of carpet that comes from outer space and is eating people who don't know how to run, <laughs> don't even try to run. And the best line in the movie is, oh, God, what is that? <laughs> That's the best line? That was the best line, yeah. Because (laughs) this movie supposedly has this weird history of the director lost part of the movie and had to reshoot it, and he didn't do ADR, so they just had a lot of voiceovers. (laughs) So anyway, but uh, yeah, Soul's got that right carpet from outer space. I mean, it's this big horrible it's not, they don't even try to make it look alien it just goes around just eating people and is it's it like, like a metaphor or something? <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give it that much credit laura i'm not <laughs> i'm really not a carpet that uh, eats people from outer space car- no metaphors that, there that would have been a good title the carpet from outer space <laughs> But anyway, uh, but yeah, I watched it on MST3K and mm. it, it was just like one of those times where they were throwing up their hands going, don't know what to do with this. So yeah, Elizabeth, yeah, the car, well, it's supposed to be an alien, but it looks like a carpet with a bunch of uh, tubes running out of it. So it's not like a magic carpet looking carpet. No, no, it's huge. I mean, it's big. Okay. So, because yeah. that'd be pretty great to see, like a magic carpet looking carpet with the tassels and everything, and everyone's like, oh, and then it suddenly opens up in the center of teeth <laughs> and shows people. Exactly. That would have been great. And I love how some of the characters, it's like it's not eating them; they're actually working their way into the mouth. You can tell hmm. they're maneuvering themselves. They're letting themselves <sighs> be eaten more easily. Yeah, mm. and Hunky Chunky's right. Death. I've heard of Deathbed, the bed that eats. I've never seen it, but that's that, a real movie. That's one. Okay, no, I'm thinking of. Uh, it's might as well be. I feel like Deathbed, the death that uh, the bed that eats. You could actually have just a scene taken from one of the Nightmare on Elm streams because isn't there a scene where the bed or it's Freddy Krueger, but the bed essentially consumes the person, then blood like gushes out of the I bed. Would- I remember that scene. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember which nightmare it was, but yeah. I, I do remember that. So those are my lower rated movies. Yeah. Uh, my mid-level ones. Uh, I watched John Wayne's Alamo because it was the day after uh, the actual event. Mm-hmm. And uh, first time I ever saw this is, I think it's the first time I saw it from beginning to end. I've seen it in bits and pieces, but first time I ever saw it, I was like, oh, Frankie Avalon is not going to die. There's no way they're going to kill off Frankie. So 
because uh, he was a pop star at the time, you know. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll kill off John Wayne, but they won't kill him off. Yeah. Uh, I this was on YouTube. If I were king, with Ronald Coleman. Um, I don't know anybody in the chat know who Ronald Coleman is. He was, he's one of those voices that. You say I could listen to him read a phone book and Ronald Coleman had that kind of voice. Mm. I think his greatest role was in uh, he plays Sidney Carton in the MGM A Tale of Two Cities. And I saw that movie when I was like 11 years old and I had already read it in school and it was just like, oh, my gosh, this is exactly the way I visualized it. Mm -hmm. But uh, If I Were King, it's a fictionalized version of the life of, I'm going to get mess this name, Francois Villon, who was a famous French poet. Basil Rathbone plays Louis XI, which is always nice to see him in anything that's not Sherlock Holmes, because that's what he's best known for. Mm -hmm. And Frances D, who was, I don't know if she was married to Joel McRae at the time, but Frances D was just very beautiful. So uh, it's just a, it's just a nice, fun, historical movie. Um, Got to see Godzilla, King of the Monsters from beginning to end. That was the 2019 one. Because Yeah, what are your thoughts on that one? I didn't, I, you know, Watching these documentaries about the various Godzilla movies, Mothra mm-hmm. and like that, the humans, unfortunately, have always played into them way too much. Mm. This kind of fell into the same issue. Now, Up From the Deaths did an analysis of this movie. He said when he first saw it, he didn't care for it even as a Godzilla buff he had to go back and look at it again he can kind of see where they were coming from with a few things especially especially the family connection between I'm just going to call her Mrs. Bates because that's all I know her uh, from Bates Motel uh, from Mrs. Bates and then the, the scientist dude and Millie Bobby whatever her name is um uh, all I could see about Mrs. Bates was you're being a Frankenstein here. You think releasing these these titans is going to somehow bring balance and then you look surprised when all this destruction is happening? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's kind of like Dr. Frankenstein in the actual novel where you think you're creating this wonderful thing, but then when it doesn't turn out the way you want it, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want that anymore. <laughs> And she was kind of behaving the same the same way. Yeah. Uh, but anytime the monsters were appearing, it was like I was going, "Oh, there's there's King Ghidorah, there's Rodan. I know mm-hmm. Rodan from his movie, mm-hmm. Mothra." When she's finally revealed, I could hear the Mothra theme playing in the background, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, that's Mothra. She is the queen of the monsters. Mm-hmm. She is maternal. She cares about human beings." Whereas Godzilla, uh, he's kind of got mixed feelings sometimes. Yeah, and I feel like it's one of those movies where, when all the monsters especially show up, you, you wish that they had taken more time to develop the um, the monsters and their origins. Uh, yeah, and because. I'm learning more about them mm-hmm. in the last, say, two months or so, yeah. watching uh, Alatori and Up From the Deaths, and even Mr. H seems to be, he seems to know a lot about them. 
And so the more I hear about their history and the whole tie-in of Godzilla, the original Godzilla movie, to the Japanese being bombed twice by, you know, atomic weapons, you start to see that tie-in. You can better understand it. Yeah. But, uh, and I don't think American audiences, oh, I'll put it this way, not American audiences. I don't think American studios fully understand Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for Toho, I think Toho has sort of given the rights to Legendary, but they they keep a close eye on them because Godzilla is very revered mm-hmm. in Japan. They do not want to see him mistreated in any way. Yeah. So that movie that came out, what was it, back in the 90s, the one with Matthew Broderick that was a disaster? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> see, that was so, it was like, number one, you all do not understand Godzilla. <laughs> Even in six weeks, I understand Godzilla better yeah. than they did. Godzilla, so I, Mama I, Godzilla, really, in that one. Mama Godzilla. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Now, Godzilla in a, at least one or two of the Japanese movies, he does have a son. I can't remember his name. That's right. I forgot that there were. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little. And he walks around with him and he's like teaching him how to. Oh, I I remember seeing. Again, I saw so many random Godzilla films when I was a kid and I just had no idea what they were. But I have all these random (laughs) images in my head. And for some reason, as soon as you mentioned that, I'm like, that's right. There was one when he was like walking around teaching him about like. Oh, yeah. But he wasn't saying words. It was just. Yeah. It was so funny. Yes. Mm -mm. Yeah. So. That, you know, you see that, but that was kind of when they were going through that period of all the movies need to be more for kids. And Mm -hmm. then I saw that like when they hit the, what they call the millennium period, Godzilla started actually going back to his roots again. Mm -hmm. So, but back to the King of the Monsters, I think my favorite scene in the whole movie was when uh, Ken Watanabe Mm -hmm. is going to set off the atomic weapon in the hopes that it will revive Godzilla and he reaches out and he touches him. Mm-hmm. And I remembered up from the death saying that this was the first contact that man had had to a Titan in thousands of years where he's actually touching him. Oh. So I think that so it was wasn't when Millie Bobby, Millie Vanilli Brown James are all as baby you like Jesus to say Brown. <laughs> <laughs> the baby Jesus is uh, <laughs> that was Laura's part. Laura brought that. She baby Jesus. <laughs> baby Jesus. Millie Vanilli Brown. And I didn't even bind her in this. I mean when God- Godzilla versus Kong, when it comes out, it's like I wanna see the Titans fight. Yeah. I have a good decent background on them. Just keep the humans in the background and just let them say, like, oh, go Godzilla, go Kong. Oh, no, it's fill in the blank showing up. You know, man, we need a 90s style for this one, man. We need a 90s style for those fights. Like, it just cuts to the humans. They're like, yeah, Godzilla, yeah, get it, get it, man. <laughs> yeah, go Kong. That's what we need. That's what we need. That's as much human development that we need in a movie like this. It's just them I saying, agree. yeah, get it. I agree. Yeah, and we definitely don't need any, the ones that used to be, and that wasn't Toho. Um, oh, in the Gamera movies, we don't need any Kennys. I see Kennys and it's just like, oh, yeah, please just, oh. just. So, I have started watching Big Action Bill. And uh, I haven't seen too many of his videos, but I did just start watching him. So, yeah, hopefully in about two weeks, I'll have enough 
background on them that mm-hmm. I can go into Godzilla and Kong and be like, oh, okay, I know what I'm. Now you gotta watch Kong on. Skull Island too if you haven't already. I've already seen that. Mm, okay. Me and my brother saw that opening weekend, mm. and I was like, I'm oh, sorry. My. <laughs> I, I'm like, I was like, well, I kind of like this movie, but I don't know who that two by four is with the blonde hair. <laughs> well, isn't that all she ever plays? Or just a raging, um, I'm not going to use that word on Odin's air. But. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But. <laughs> Marie was actually out in my hallway yesterday. They were doing some work, and I opened the door to look out, and Brie was out, and I said, oh, wait a minute, those are two by fours. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that wasn't that wasn't her. It scared me for a so minute. Is that, is that Brie outside my no, no. <laughs> Brie outside my door? Never mind. Okay. Just construction. Just construction, just construction, everybody. It's all good. It's all fine. And my other three star movies, I saw an Ed Wood movie called The Sinister Urge, and I'll just say it's got a serial killer and pornography. That's all you need to know. Okay. <laughs> and it's Ed Wood, so yeah. you know. And yet, I have members of the chat that could be like, "Oh, tell me more." Oh, tell me more. <laughs> but please don't. Uh, it, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> um, Santo versus the Vampire Women, which in English is. Uh, Samson versus the vampire women and it's about a Mexican wrestler who is trying to help bring down vampire women. I don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> trying that to take another... down some vampire women. Okay. Yeah, and he's not even in it a lot because sometimes he has matches and they actually show the matches in the movie. So hmm. <laughs> It's Mexican wrestling. So. And, uh, it's a great poster. Own, it's a great poster, it is. And then my other one, I hadn't seen it in forever, and it started running on Pluto TV, The Boys from Brazil. Hmm. And I remember when Gene and Roger did their review of it, and they hated it. I never had an issue with it because we don't know what kind of medical experiments they were doing mm-hmm. uh, as far as like Joseph Mingala. But yeah. for those of you that haven't seen Boys from Brazil, there the story is imagining that Dr. Joseph Mingala, who is one of the biggest monsters in the history of mankind, mm-hmm. did conduct experiments, especially on twins. Mm-hmm. The story is... Uh, this really isn't a spoiler, is that he cloned Adolf Hitler several years before the war ended. Mm-hmm. And now these clones uh, have come, they're like 12, 13 years old. And what he wants to do is to make sure these clones have the exact same background that Hitler did. Doting mother, middle-aged father, blah, blah, blah. hmm and Mingala is played by Gregory Peck. Um, there is a Nazi hunter who I think is based on Simon Wiesenthal, uh, played by Laurence Olivier. He finds out what Mingala has done and is kind of this cat and mouse game that they're playing with each other. Hmm. And I never had an issue with the movie. I don't remember why Gene and Roger hated it as much as they did, except I guess they were saying it was over the top. Uh, okay. But I, I but I was like, I don't know. A few years after this movie came out, Raiders came out, and they yeah. were talking about Hitler and the occult. And if you talk to a lot of historians, yes, the Nazis were involved in occultism. Yeah. So if I also, it believe, sounds like this person would have hated a glorious bastards. No. 
if that's over the top, then it's like, oh, just wait till you get, you know, a couple of decades down the line. Right, right. Absolutely. So, no, I looked at it again and I was just like, this is kind of, this is really scary. And it was based on a novel by Ira Levin. Ira Levin also wrote the novel Rosemary's Baby. Mm. So he was in some, some dark stuff. Yeah, so, Elizabeth Lyons was saying that also in the chat as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I didn't know that, Elizabeth. Dean Winchester killed Hitler on Supernatural. Oh, wow. That's a spoiler. Cool. Spoiler. Sorry. Well, I'll never, I'll never look Sorry. at Supernatural. <laughs> that's, no, that's for everyone else. That's for everyone else. Sorry. Okay, well, my 15 seasons, three... you know, I know it's been around for 15 years and everything, but, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Just in case. Well, my other, my top three movies, uh, I watched Monkey Business with the Marx Brothers, mm-hmm. and it made me laugh all the way through and it had the four Marx Brothers that was the way it was uh, announced so you actually had Zeppo in this one Mm -hmm. and uh, Zeppo was the better looking of the brothers so he was kind of the love interest in this and yeah yeah, it worked and because I was in my Greek mode I watched uh, Never on Sunday which was made back in the 60s and it is a story of a uh, prostitute uh she's in Piraeus which is a the port for Athens and that's the Piraeus is where my ship will be sailing from (laughs) next year um everybody knows her everybody loves her she's an independent though she does not work for anybody and she's very kind very gentle and uh this American who considers himself a philosopher shows up and he sees her and he's just like, well, I can't believe this beautiful woman does all of this. And so he is going to convert her, not to religion, but to all these wonderful things in life. And she actually is fairly well educated, but it's just funny that like, she says, I love Greek tragedy, but it's because she she rewrites the tragedies in her head so that they have happy endings. So when she goes to see Medea, she's like, oh, she just did that to, to, you know, him to make him jealous and he'll come back and they'll all go to the beach together. The kids aren't dead, you know. And uh, I love this movie. Um, and we have to specify it's Medea the play, not Medea. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's all I can You said Medea. It took me a second, so I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, there, right, there is a play. Right. That's right. There is a Greek play. And then and I not, was like, not, not Medea. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not Tyler Perry. No. <laughs> no. But. I just loved it. And so I went on Amazon. I was going to go ahead and buy it in Blu-ray. There is no Blu-ray. There is no 4K. There was like a mm. 2003 DVD release and that's it. Wow. And I was just like all the trash that comes out on 4K and Blu-ray and this movie, which is considered a classic, is is still on a DVD disc. So I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna get that. Yes, Elizabeth, I read Antigone when I was in, I think, eighth grade. We read that in Oedipus. <laughs> I love General Wingster. Yeah, Medea versus the Hydra. Versus the Hydra. Tyler Perry's a Tyler Perry is a billionaire. Yeah. Yes, he is. And okay, this is the movie that got me. Mm. 
It's actually a documentary. It's on HBO Max. And like a, uh, a friend of mine, well, anyway, it's Allen versus Farrell. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I knew. I'm going to thank Rosie G12 because she was the one who suggested it. Mm-hmm. I knew he was a monster. This is, oh, my gosh. He's even worse than we ever thought. I knew he was bad that he ran off. Well, I'm not going to say ran off. Mm-hmm. Uh, seduced this girl who, no, she was not his adopted daughter, but he was around with her when she was a kid. And then he takes off with her. Mm-hmm. And now they're married with two kids. I think the reason, one of the reasons why this has come back up again is because he did an audiobook last year telling his version of everything. Yeah. And it's like, he's pretty much accusing Sun Lee of, uh, uh, Sun Yi, of seducing him. And I'm like, no, you're a grown man. Uh, plus that, you were the life partner of her mother. This is no excuse. But then, of course, they came out with the allegations of the molestation of the child he adopted along with Mia Farrell. Mia Farrell uh, asked him if he wanted to adopt the girl named Dylan, Mm -hmm. and he did agree to it. He may have molested her Mm. when she was like eight or nine, maybe even younger. Mia Farrell had enough sense that she videotaped um, when Dylan told her what, what had happened, Mia Farrell got it on camcorder. Uh, he tried to claim that his relationship with Sun Yi started when Sun Yi was like in her first year of college, but the doorman and also the maid uh, admitted that no, she had been coming to his penthouse when she was still in high school. So when she was very young and there was evidence that the maid had cleaned up and i'll just leave it at that it's very fascinating see, seeing how he and neil farrell met mm-hmm. um michael kane kind of introduced them i mean it was casual she yeah. was in a play with anthony perkins michael kane was at the play and said hey you want to go to elaine's and hang out a little bit they walked by Woody Allen's table. Michael Caine said, hey, this is Woody Allen. This is Mia Farrell. She went to her table with Michael Caine. Woody Allen's still at his. Mm-hmm. A little bit later, she gives an invite to his New Year's Eve party. And um, they kind of hit it off from there. And he showed her all these beautiful places in Manhattan that she said she'd been in Manhattan forever. But it was things that she had never seen before and now she was seeing them through his eyes the things that he loved about new york mm-hmm. she had natural and adopted children from her marriage to andre previn the conductor sun yi was one of her adopted children from that relationship mia farrow at one time was also married to frank sinatra um I was telling someone, I'm pretty sure I had heard that Frank was going to take a hit out on Woody Allen. Hmm. 
And I said, all Frank had to do is go to some of his quote unquote friends. Yeah. And Woody Allen would be wherever it is that uh, uh, Jimmy Hoffa is. Yeah. But <sighs> he got her blackballed in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, she said she could only find work in Europe because he has spread the word about around. She's crazy. She's this. She's that. Where even her friends, people that Mia had grown up with, said they could see the change that he was like, well, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even be in any movies anymore. Because she did 10 years worth of movies for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, at some point, well, Dylan, the young girl that he, his adopted daughter that he allegedly uh, molested, uh, she finally came forward and did an article about him and about what had happened. Mm-hmm. And it was like everything started to kind of turn. Uh, the young guy that's in Dune that's playing Paul, he had worked with Woody Allen. He donated his salary uh, to charity because he was not aware of any of this. There's several other actors that have worked with him. I'm going to say in the post Soon Yi mm-hmm. period that have apologized for working with him. I yeah. don't know if Diane Keaton still supports him or not, but he can't get a movie released in the United States anymore. Yeah. All his movies now have are being released in Europe, he says, where they have more sense. Okay, I'm like, yeah, just like you and Roman Polanski. Mm-hmm. And Polanski came up in this. And that is one of those cases that has, oh my gosh, it has driven me crazy for years because I've seen stuff like this at crime scenes. Yeah. Uh, I kept trying to remember why was it it was something about tarantino that had kept was rubbing me the wrong way here recently mm-hmm. they played a part of an interview for tarantino where in reference to roman polanski tarantino said well it wasn't rape rape it was statutory rape mm. he has since apologized but that stuck with me. oh yeah that in addition to one of my uh, cop friends said Oh, you know, I don't watch Tarantino anymore because he made these these anti-cop references. Hmm. And I said, oh, my gosh, I forgot that. Yeah. But Roman Polanski, they're still worshiping him in Hollywood. They couldn't understand. Well, why can't he come get his Oscar? He won an Oscar. How come he can't come get it? Because he was tried in Essentia. And if he shows up in this country again, he will be arrested. I hope he does come show up for the stupid awards they keep giving him. Well, I'm just like, but the whole Woody Allen thing, it just it bothered me because I'm like, you you, you were grooming Soon Yi, you were trying to groom Dylan, and when he was trying, it was one of the children that he was, he was saying like, oh, he must have been by Soon Yi, mm-hmm. and he said there were things that she knew. Yeah. And Does it I ever try like, in the documentary to to make a connection um, to one of his movies where his character uh, has a relationship with a younger girl? Yes. Okay. A real journalist. Yeah. And I say real journalist because they did research. Woody Allen has all his papers at Princeton. He donates old scripts that never got filmed for TV shows and movies. If you go there... And look at his papers. There's a pattern. Mm. Older man, 
younger girl hmm. in one script he even scratched out 21 or 22 years old and wrote 16 or 17 it's one script after another after another after another and even in his movie manhattan which is considered one of his greatest movies yeah. it's the older man having an affair with i think it's mariel hemingway in the mm-hmm. movie and she's like 17 or so mm-hmm. in the movie and he makes it look like it's all her fault mm-hmm. or this is her issue not his they also interviewed a i think she's in her 40s now she met woody allen when she was around 16 mm-hmm. and they had a relationship until she was in her early 20s yeah so there is a pattern with all of this, but nobody had bothered to look at it. And like somebody said, yeah, we all look at Manhattan. I've never seen Manhattan. We all look at it and think this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. But then when you start to put these pieces together, he runs off with his this girl. Now Dylan's accusations and Dylan's young woman got a husband and a kid uh, still going through therapy. But you start to see this pattern. It's like, no, this is not uh, him and this young woman fell in love with each other or whatever and decide to take off together. No, it's deeper than that. And I'm good. I mean, and here was the clue is sitting up there at Princeton. And thank God somebody went and, you know, analyzed this Mm -hmm. stuff and said, oh, no, this is this isn't just some fluke he's into young girls yeah and possibly children so it's just Mm. on one level i'm like this is this is the reason why i i've come to a conclusion i've got to cut off some of these directors and stuff i haven't looked at a woody allen movie in years anyway but i'm like how can i sit there and look at one of his movies and not think about what he did yeah. Or it's hard for me now. I hate saying this about Tarantino. I like Tarantino, but the stuff just keeps coming out of his mouth and he doesn't have a filter for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, am I going to cut him off because he, yeah. oh, it's God. a difficult, it's a difficult thing, right? You know, cause we always, you know, I feel like we, especially in more modern times, since we know everything about everyone, right? Like there's yeah. no secrets anymore that typically, things that would have been secrets for someone's entire life are now, you know, we're, we know them very quickly. And so I think it's, again, the tough position of, you know, how can one separate art from the artist? Should one separate art from the artist? And and can one, right? You know, is it possible for someone to be able to do it? And so I think it's it's really up to the individual person, right? You know, I, I know for I, me, I, I can be critical, I you know, I can be critical of Tarantino, but I still appreciate him as being a, you know, very talented director uh and i'm actually the same with with uh woody allen as well i'm actually i'm actually a fan of the work that he's done as far as films but i can also still at the same time think that obviously this stuff here is is disgusting well and with tarantino it's like he's mainly directed we've seen him pop up like in well pulp fiction Mm -hmm. i think he had a i think he had a small part in uh, reservoir dogs I, i i'm not it's not like i'm sitting there staring at him for two hours like i would with woody allen yeah, because he's in all his movies for the mm-hmm. most part. So I, yeah, and Elizabeth's right. They're giving James Gunn a pass, and she doubts the Army Hammer. You know, I, yeah, it's like, but and also that and Samantha that, and Polanski still email each other to this day, apparently. Oh my gosh, 
Is Samantha Ugh. the teenager that was involved I in that case? She's the t- she was like 12 or 13 uh, when it happened. And I know he was saying she was, she was, she seemed to know what she was doing. And it made me mm. think of a scene I had here where we had a young girl we thought had been kidnapped. Her mother had claimed she had been kidnapped. Mm. And the neighbors kept saying, we thought we saw her in the backyard. There's these Hispanic guys that live in this house next door. And we thought we saw her in the backyard, but we're not sure. Well, they kept wanting the police to kick the door in. And it's like, no, the cops can't kick the door in. That's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, even if they think she's in there. Well, they did get enough evidence to go into the house. The girl was there. We almost had a riot that day because everybody was gathered around the house. I remember sitting in the evidence truck because they said, you know, they were still waiting for the, uh, something to get signed. And the Hispanic guy showed up in their truck. They had no idea what was going on. And the next thing I knew, I saw them running and then all these black people were running after them and the cops were running after everybody. Oh my gosh, because that's just... They, it was, and I'm, so, I'm like, this is kind of surreal. That's like, a, well, it's almost like a dark comedy. I know. It's like you have one group running and then another group chasing them and then another group chasing and them. Another and... group chasing them because, but they were like, we have got to get between them because they're <sighs> going to lynch these guys. Oh, yeah. So, long story short, we collected a lot of evidence. The case was going to go to trial, and then the defense attorneys all took a plea because I had collected some condoms at the scene. Oh, and we had the the child's uh, victim kit that the lab had analyzed, mm-hmm. and we found, not including her DNA, we found six or seven other God. DNA kits. And then we found, and so the defense attorneys were like, "We're done. Uh, we'll play guilty. What do you What do you offer?" When the detectives talked to the child, she said, oh, no, mommy, I didn't get kidnapped. Mommy sold me to those guys for for drugs. And mommy taught me to do this and do that. And the detective said, this is stuff a seven or eight year old child should not know. Oh, absolutely not. That's disgusting. That's evil. but they didn't go, they didn't have the mother arrested because by the time the media had built this up, it was all black child kidnapped by Hispanics, <sighs> black mother in agony. So how would that have looked at the detectives? So nothing said, ever happened to her. Did you know I ran into the girl about, oh my gosh, it's been a few years ago, but she was an adult. I didn't even know it was her. Yeah. Until she, I was in uniform and was having breakfast at Panera. And she said, uh, oh, I've always wanted to do work like yours and i said oh really because people say that all the time yeah they don't know what what it's about yeah. and she started talking and talking and she said her name and oh, this no. just and i just went oh but i remembered her name yeah. and i was like oh my god oh my god and because i don't know what kind of mess she was when that was all over with oh yeah well, especially if the mom know, that, had nothing happened to her i mean because you think the exactly. mom's gonna change no, uh-uh, no, because the detectives were just like, I wouldn't be surprised if she sells her to somebody else. Oh, yeah. If there's new re- no repercussions for the first time that she did it, no. and now she's got national attention and, and, and sympathy for her, right? Oh, you think that it's just, it's, she's going to yeah. become a better person from that? Exactly. So <sighs> hearing, you know, hearing this stuff and the Woody Allen thing, and it, it just brought back that case and other cases I've worked. 
And I was just like, if anybody gets a chance to see it, it's a four-part documentary. I kind of had to give up at part three. I still need to finish part yeah. three. I came in on part four uh, first, mm-hmm. looked at the other first two parts. But it was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's yeah. just I'm having – it's just triggering. It's triggering things yeah. with me. Uh, Brian, you asked me about the Michael Jackson case. That That's one of those that I just – I'm going to be honest. I don't know yeah. about it. I know what's his name. Was it Razor it, Fist? Uh, Razor Fist, yeah. yeah. And I really enjoyed that because it did clear up a lot of things with me. And yeah. the problem is by the time stuff filters through the media and we in the public hear it, my eyebrows are raising because I, I, I've i seen the media describe cases I worked and I'm like, that doesn't sound like what I just worked. Mm-hmm. Because by the time it was filtered through them and they finished doing whatever. But yeah, I that was the reason why I, I knew I wanted to spend some time on yeah. Allen versus Farrell. And uh, yeah, I think he's trying to get back out there because to come out with this audio book where he's telling his version of things. And it's like, yeah. Woody, I, I don't care what your version is. You need to rot. Well, it's not in, uh, not in this era. He He's not going to no, make it in this era because it's. No. You know, with with the hashtag Me Too stuff now in like full force to the so, to such a degree where people who are actually not guilty of anything are being thrown into this. Like for someone like yeah. him, where there seems yeah. to be based on what you, you know, based on what the documentary covers and what other people have covered, there seems to be at least some evidence. It's like, uh, it's, no, you, you don't have a shot here, man. Well, and especially when he's coming out saying, oh, well, Mia, Mia coached Dylan to say this and this and this. And then you go back and you look at the old police yeah. investigation and you see the the documentation and their sketches and stuff. And this model train set that Dylan talks about yeah. is in the police information. So Woody trying to come up and say, oh, that never existed. It's like, no, you're full of it. You need to shut yeah. up. Stay in Europe with Roman Polanski. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of you freaks. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm tired. I'm tired of these. It's it's the adults, right? It's the adults in all of this because to me, if you were going to, because obviously it's you know Mia Farrow versus Woody Allen, and and so like that's that's how they put it up there. But to me, neither is good. Like like and, and like for me, I don't think either of them are are heroes. In, in any like typically when it comes to this kind of stuff when it's two Hollywood types in it yeah like typically it's gonna be you could say that one's worse than the other but it's like I'm not gonna like for me it's like I'm going to just call out nonsense on all sides because typically there is nonsense on all sides because I think Mia is doing this now to get attention personally that's what I well, think well she's yeah I don't know who came up with the idea for this documentary yeah. I'm glad it's out there um of course, Mia Farrow, I don't know the last time I even saw her in a movie, yeah. you know. And um, I will give her credit. When Dylan came to her and told her what happened, she believed her. I worked way too many cases where mothers didn't believe what their children told them. Mm-hmm. And it just got worse and worse and yeah. worse. So I will I will say that she did accept her child's word for this. She started investigating, you know, turned it over to the authorities and everything. But whatever happened with Dylan, we definitely know what happened to Sun Yi, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. the two of them went off together, mm-hmm. you know. So, 
uh, so I guess that's the reason why that and the Princeton paperwork and everything is just telling me, yeah, something, something yeah. he had, even Mia Farrell said that to, to Woody's therapist, your, cl- your, your client has no moral compass. Yeah. So I, yeah, I agree with that. So I'm, I'm sorry. I just, yeah. that just fired. Oh my God. Oh, I can understand. Yeah. Cause again, just the experiences <laughs> that you've had in your, in your career, um, yeah, it's 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 dark. It's dark, dark, dark stuff. It is. It is. But I definitely recommend it. If any of you think you can just take it a little bit at a time because it's mm-hmm. it's rough. It yeah. really is. And All I, right. And I will say to try and, and to, to to, you know, to brighten it up just a, a little bit. Um, part of me felt that same way going through the Snyder Cut, um, you know, because it's broken up into like six different parts. And so it's like every part you feel like, oh, man, I got to get through a little bit more. But, a little bit more and yeah. i just i haven't i mean that was kind of the reason why you know i was watching hbo max i was gonna watch that and yeah. like i said i've just been kind of in this weird place and the cruise getting canceled was just like bricks being dropped on me mm-hmm. even though i knew it was coming but i, I yeah and so yeah then i turn around and look at yeah this document that <laughs> <laughs> like, was gonna make me happy but uh but no, oh, I well. think it. I think it shows. You know, just it's an important case that we need yeah, to know. Absolutely. I think obviously, when it comes to any case for anything, we always need to know as much information as we can from all sides. Absolutely. And I think this is a side that has not gotten a lot of full attention. So. Oh, I yeah, I definitely agree on that. Yeah. So, I'm sorry I took up so much time. No. So. Yeah. Well, I'm I, again. <laughs> I wanted to make sure because I know. Last time we, we, because of everything going on, we had to, had to rush it to, to end things. So, um, glad that you were able to, to get through. Thank you. Yeah, thank of you. course. And thank you as always for, uh-huh. for always sharing. Cause again, there's always movies where like every now and then it's like, Oh, I need to write that. I need to write that one down. Um, I still need to watch, uh, Frankenstein Island, but don't worry. I'll get there. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> we, need we need a Frankenstein Island. Island exactly. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ZK man, what's going on? What you been watching? And nothing as exciting as what Tina's been watching. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've actually watched a few movies. Uh, I actually watched uh, two of uh, Gina Carano's uh, movies lately. Okay, uh, which ones have you seen? I've seen uh, Haywire and uh, Scorched Earth. So what did you think of let's start with Scorched Earth? It was uh pretty interesting. Uh okay. that one uh it definitely plays on the whole climate change thing. Uh, mm. Cuz that's the first thing out the gate as soon as the movie starts is uh about how bad uh because of pollution and the mining and stuff like that they uh it made the earth mad and so they end up with uh they called it a a cloud fall which basically the way they made it look in the movie was uh it looked more like a non-stop uh lightning storm basically mm. and uh pretty much the home the is basically like a i guess you want to say Western meets modern uh, post-apocalyptic. Yeah, world. I saw the beginning of this. But now that you're mentioning it again, I, I started watching the beginning of it, and then I had to pause a little bit through because she wasn't the issue. It was the uh, 
the effects and such that I was like, Ugh. yeah, I don't know. And they definitely could have worked on that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you actually finished it. So how, how did you like it overall by the end of it? It's one that I wouldn't, it's, it's one that I don't have to see again, Okay. but, but it wouldn't be one of those deals where like, if somebody said, you want to check it out? I'd be like, yeah, okay. Okay. It, it's, it's not like, it's not one of those ones where it's like, no, nah, I never want to see it again. But yeah, <laughs> if I don't, then I'm not. Then Is it one that you would mind. recommend to others though? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that you know, at least give it a watch. Just okay. To... Interesting. And so then what do you think about Haywire? That one I liked a little bit better. Uh, that one, it pretty much gets you right into the action of it. Uh, I liked how they how they did the fight scenes and kept the pacing of it. Uh, I will say that her character is one that you could find attractive, but would be afraid that you're going to get killed before the end of it. Yeah, basically Gina Carano in a nutshell, right? It's just yeah. like <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with her in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, liked how they uh. Pretty much the, is like they did like a backstory type deal to it. Like she basically is telling somebody the story, but mm-hmm. you're actually, instead of actually hearing her tell the story, you're seeing it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I always say, every time we talk about or Haywire is ever brought up, one of my favorite aspects of it, going back to what you were saying, are those like fight sequences? Uh, you know, because of the fact that it's just so raw. And did you also notice how they had no music going whenever the fight sequences happened? Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely, uh, that's one That's one thing that you don't really see in a lot of movies. It's usually the other way around where mm-hmm. when the scenes start getting action-packed that's whenever they start turning up the music and oh, stuff yeah. in most movies but which is kind of interesting when you think about it right because it's like they're, they're it's almost like they're trying to distract you and yeah. and it's like if you notice that there's more edits louder music more things going on you we have to start i think we have to all start asking questions whenever we see movies like that saying what are they trying to hide because that's one thing haywire doesn't do is it doesn't really hide much because it leaves everything on the screen for you to see with very little to the imagination. And it's refreshing in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it helped out a lot that mm-hmm. because of her background with the MMA and whatnot, mm-hmm. that she knew how to fight. Whereas like most actors these days, they, they know enough to get by, but they rely heavily on the cuts and stuff. So yeah, the stunt really doubles as well. Yeah. yeah, some of the worst stunt double... Uh, uh, switches is actually as much as I love Casino Royale and the and like those earlier like Casino Royale and Skyfall Casino Royale has some of the worst stunt sequences not as far as like the work the stunt teams are doing but as far as switches because literally the hair color of the stunt double is different than Daniel Craig's <laughs> if you pay attention to it you look at it you're like wait a minute that's not Daniel Craig I know, that's not his hair yeah, I always love catching those things whenever I'm watching mm-hmm. a movie and I know they're using stunt doubles and you'll catch different little things. You like, you know, for sure it's not that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, what grade would you give Haywire? 
Uh, probably, uh, I'd probably give it maybe somewhere between maybe a B, B minus. BB minus, and then for Scorched Earth? Uh, that one, I'd probably, I'd probably give it maybe like a C plus. Okay, okay. So not too far off, actually, from uh, Scorched Earth and Haywire. You actually don't have too far away from each other. Uh, pretty much overall, I mean, like with Scorched Earth, other than the effects, the only real thing that I have problem with is that uh, that they rely too heavily on mm. the whole agenda of yeah. man being bad to Earth, and mm. that's the reason why everything's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, because it's, fun it's funny when you mention that with, like, a film like that where people, most people, I would say, probably haven't seen it, but then, like, you go to a film that people have seen, like The, like the Kingsman, where that first one is essentially, like, a big part of the plot is, is, is about, you know, uh, mankind destroying the Earth, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Did you get to see anything else? Yeah, actually, uh, I've seen uh, Only Angels Have Wings. Only angels have wings. When's this from? Uh, 1930. I think it's 1932. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Cary yeah. Grant and Gene Arthur. Okay. Definitely yeah. in Tina's wheelhouse now. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw her, I saw her perk up. We are like, oh. 1932, yeah. you say? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much I'm hoping to start getting into a little bit more older films because uh, – I mean, I, I like a lot of newer films, but I, I like to go back and revisit some of the older stuff. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, there there was a, actually a time in my life where I tried to emulate a lot of uh, like ones like Cary Grant and Frank Sinatra and them. I, with the way I dressed and acted like whenever I was like in my mid to late 20s. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that, that movie there, it, I actually did enjoy it. Uh, I think it was uh, Tina that had told me that uh, whenever they had did Raiders of the Lost Ark, that they used a lot of, uh, like, Gene Arthur, the inspiration for Marion. Yes. Yes, she was. Mm -hmm. Did you see a lot okay. of that in there? I definitely could see why they would choose uh, mm her as an inspiration for it. Okay. And it pretty much to me, if like, say like if Indiana Jones was set back in that time, I think those two probably would have been pretty good together as the duo. Nice. Very good. Did you get to see anything else? I'd uh, seen one other movie. A uh, friend of mine, a uh, friend of mine had sent me a, a bunch of, old movies oh i can't really say old movies like early 2000s uh, <laughs> modern day classics <laughs> yeah. is what we call them yeah. now <laughs> and, uh, and one of them was uh apparently there was a thing that uh walmart had been a part of called uh family movie night where they were doing like made for tv type movies but apparently they put them over onto dvds and uh other things as well and there was one movie that was in that set that was called game of your life and it uh it pretty much was about a kid that uh had won a scholarship to go to like a special school for game design and uh he 
it was a, I don't want to say it. They have like this project that, uh, where 20, I'd say like probably about half, maybe more than half of the class does not pass it. And so they end up getting kicked out. So he pretty much, the movie is based on, it's jumps back and forth between him trying to complete this project so he can stay in school, but also trying to do an outside project with one of the mentors of his class. And it's a movie that basically the moral story is that, uh, comes down to, uh, what kind of choices you make in life and mm -hmm. the, what, how it plays into the decisions you make. And, uh, it pretty much was a good movie okay. for, for being, uh, a, a made for TV family type deal. Yeah. And what was the name of that again? Uh, game of your life game of your life. Okay. Interesting. And, uh, actually, uh, starred Leah Tom. Well, not starred, but she played, uh, part in Leah Thompson. Oh, she, okay. I, I think she played like, uh, Dean or principal type character in the movie. Okay. Nice. Very good. And what's going on with your music? Uh, pretty much right now I'm in the middle of uh, trying to get this one song uh, kind of fixed up. I got, got for the most part written. I just got to tweak it a little bit and then actually get in and record it. Uh, other day, I actually did try to record the chorus line to it and listening to it. I'm going to have to change the words up a little bit because it's I don't know what I did when I was writing it, but somehow it's not lining up with how whenever the last note of the chorus ends, it's not lining up with the actual words itself. Oh, uh, OK. But uh, other than that, yeah. Pretty okay. much, I got that going. Still uh, promoting my last album because mm -hmm. uh, that one there, I'm giving them, still giving half of uh, profits away from that one to nice. charity. All right. Very cool. Um, which, uh, speaking of which, real quick, uh, yeah, um, I'm the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Every year, they do a for the well, last year and this year, it's had to be a little bit different, but you, because of all the COVID type stuff. Mm -hmm. But they they were doing like a group walk thing in June to raise money. Where basically what you would do is you'd start like at six p.m. that evening and walk all night long to about five or six in the morning to raise money. Mm -hmm. This year, since they can't group everybody like they normally do. Mm -hmm. They're they're still doing that, but it's more of a virtual type walk. Mm. Uh, but I'm actually going to be a part of that to try to raise money nice. as well. Very good. That's awesome, man. And you can uh, people can still find your album on. I know. I, yeah, I know you have it linked on your Twitter, but uh, what's the website that they can access that so they can also not only have access to your music but also be able to uh, support a good cause. Yeah, pretty much. You can go to. Uh, xtheboundaries.co that's go. my main web page good stuff yeah and I'll, I'll go ahead and and pull that up and uh and share it what do you think that next song will be officially ready 
I'm hoping to get it done and released uh, sometime this summer as long as uh, things keep going at the rate they're going. So hopefully maybe maybe mid to late June if cuz I'm cuz the recording now that I got the studio equipment here I can record but I'll still have to have somebody help with the uh mixing of it. Okay. So, very, very cool. Well, I just posted a link to the site, so you can all go check it out and uh, go support ZK Man. And again, uh, to help also support this 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 great charity. And once again, dude, it's awesome uh, to always hear um, hear you continuing in your support of of this group. Now, is this the same group, or is it a similar group to what uh, recently there was a lot of money raised for on another charity stream? Yeah, it's uh, the same. Uh, I think it's this. Same, same organization charity, uh, yeah okay that's awesome man well congratulations on that and um yeah good films that you've been able to see too and yeah i i, I still go back to it every time anyone mentions it I, haywire in my opinion is just uh probably i think the best film that uh gina carano has done to this point and uh can't wait to see her get back to i think I think with her now being in a more of a producer creative role with the daily wire i think we'll probably get some more films like it yeah, hopefully so. Cause I mean, for being like one of her first films ever, yeah, she actually did a pretty great job compared to a lot of people. They mm-hmm. that get in there and their first film, and I won't say a disaster, but <laughs> they, a lot of them they could have worked on a little bit more. Before oh yeah, trying to get in front of camera. Yeah, people typically don't have really good first movies uh, as actors because you always you have to build, you have to grow, right? Because everyone's always green. But then you go to that one for her, and you're like, it's almost as if she went downhill a couple of times with certain movies. But yeah, yeah, I, I definitely understand because I I did that. Well, not with movies, but with music videos. Uh, I try to step into the cam in front of the camera mm-hmm. the first time ever doing a music video for one of my songs and. Yeah, I could I could have practiced a little bit more before. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always that interesting thing when you look back and you watch yourself and you're like, "Oh, is that is that like you start to notice traits and things that you do and and maybe certain like, you know, for me as a teacher, it's like I notice certain quirks that I have and certain words that I'll say if I'm doing an actual uh doing an actual like speech or something. It's it's interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Any, anything else that you wanted to, to mention? I think as far as movies go, that's pretty much it. Uh, okay. Between, between work and trying to get things ready to move, I uh, haven't been able to sit down too much. Uh, mm-hmm. The only other thing I think I have seen was uh, the new Superman. What was TV Yeah, show. so what are your thoughts? You liking it too? Uh, I actually have enjoyed it. Uh, okay. Uh, that That's always been one thing about me. Uh, because, yeah, well, a friend of mine many years ago, just one that I grew up with, had always had compared me to the character of Clark Kent and Superman because mm-hmm. of the fact that when I was younger, I was real shy, kind of held back, similar to how you would see Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. But whenever somebody needed help with something, I was always the first one rushing in to help somebody and. Yeah, so pretty much anytime I see a new version of Superman, uh, because of them comparing me, I, I always take it to heart of 
if this Superman's going to be a decent character or not. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems so far that they have definitely not um, destroyed him as a character so far. Like, he is still yeah. very much the going in, helping people, and, you know, I do also kind of like how there is almost this mindset of of a of a right to privacy put in in the very early episodes with the with his kids you know when he's like following along and listening to his kids making sure they're okay at school and them saying like that was like the biggest hurdle i loved when they mentioned that as far as like the biggest hurdle that superman and lois had in their relationship together was the fact that he could hear her that he could listen in on her at any time and so like the fact that privacy was such a big part of that I, I just really like that that's that kind of stress of how privacy is so important. Yeah, definitely was. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. Well, as always, the K man, thank you very much for for being here and uh, for always. I think showing us that all of us, I think, could do a lot to uh, to be better and to to try and help um, to try and be more helpful to others. And I'm always inspired by by how willing you are to to give and to be charitable to others. So thank you for that, as always. Ain't no problem. I, I, I don't see how I could be any other way, so I might as well use it to my advantage. Amen, amen, brother. Uh, Mr. Roy, what's going on, man? What you been watching? Uh, So you had the Raven Awards, so I tried to watch yeah. 2020 films this year. Okay. <laughs> A lot of them were bad. I, I did catch one good one, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a film called The Outpost. The Outpost, yes. Uh, was Were you the one that nominated The Outpost a couple times? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I had filled out the list and submitted it, and yeah. it showed a blank white screen, and I was like, what is this? So I refreshed <laughs> the page and did it again, and it did it again, and uh, I saw that there was a scroll bar. I scrolled down, and it said list complete. I was like, okay, you're just going to just reject the one of the lists because it's got the same yeah. IP address, but apparently that didn't happen either. Nope. <laughs> it's okay, man. No, because whenever that happens, I always I always assume that there's a uh, that there's like a, an error or an issue that pops up. Yeah, I, I'm guessing my router changes IP addresses at random, so mm-hmm. I, I guess that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I just kept going down. I'm like, who's this guy that kept putting in two and like they're 20 minutes apart from each other? Did he think he would try and uh, you know, uh, steal the system or something, and it ended up being. Where in the end, to be honest, I'm actually, I'm actually f- liking how there's categories that have only like a couple of nominations because it actually makes it more interesting to see the battle between them. Right now, there's a very interesting battle going on. I will say between Kurt Russell and Sean Connery for a uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. It's actually quite fascinating to see. But anyway, um, so the Outpost, how, how was it? It's it's actually really good. Okay. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's it's basically um a true story about the battle of Kadesh that happened in Afghanistan in two thousand nine. Mm. Um two members of the army um uh, received the Medal of Honor for their, their actions out there. Yeah, it's a it's a low budget film, so the CGI is pretty awful, but I mean it yeah, I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix right now. So. Okay. All right. And uh any any actors of note that are in it? Um, Scott um, Eastwood's in it. He's um, this is a Scott Eastwood Eastwood's... movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Mel Gibson's son somewhere in the movie. I did, I don't I don't know who he is particularly. 
Wait, wait. Uh, we have the son of Mel Gibson and the son of Clint Eastwood in the same movie? Orlando uh, Bloom is in the movie, too. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a very low budget. It's only, I think the film only cost about $5 million to make, so it's very, very low budget. Yeah, I saw I saw that you had, uh, now that now that I know it was you, that you had not, when you had nominated it, uh, that you had mentioned it was a, a $5 million budget, which is always insane whenever I see films, let alone like films with like any type of action in it with that kind of money, and you're like, man, if they can do that much with that much money, why is it that the big budget films always look so bad as far as like the visuals are concerned? Yeah, because I'm about to talk about some really Ooh. bad Ooh. movies okay. I saw. <laughs> okay, let's let's hear it, man. What what are some of the bad movies you've been watching? I saw the Call of the Wild, with Harrison Ford. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, the CGI Harrison dog. Ford with the CGI dog. Okay, yeah, so... and dogs, plural, plural dogs, plural dogs. Bunch, yes, God. yeah, there's a bunch of CGI dogs in this movie, and <laughs> man. <laughs> It's strange seeing them next to like real horses and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so is there is there a real dog in the entire movie? I don't think so. Oh, wow. I couldn't tell half the time. <laughs> I love how it's like, oh, the horses, they got to be real. We got to have real horses. It's got to be authentic. But when those dogs come in, hmm. Yeah, I would say this is a very average film. I mean, it was, it was, it's based on the novel by, um, I believe, Jack Lemmon, who mm. did um, Like Fang. Yeah, I mean the story it's okayish. Mm-hmm. I but man, when you watch the trailer and you see this movie, it's almost like false advertising. Harrison Ford's <laughs> only in like half this movie. What? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm dead serious. He's only in half the movie. Oh my yeah, goodness. The, the first half of the movie is basically Balto. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about the dog. Yeah, it's just about the dog and it. It starts out in southern Louisiana. The dog ends up in Alaska somehow, and then he's on a mushing team. And it, it, it's a it's a weird movie. A dog that start to think that you would start in Louisiana and somehow end up in Alaska. And uh, yeah, what, did you mean to say Jack London? Uh, uh, I was, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jack London. Yeah, also, yeah. Because um, when I, I thought I thought you said Jack Lemon, I'm like. I don't think Jack Lemon had anything to do with <laughs> that, but I, I, I no, no, it's good. It's good. I, was, I was just making sure. <laughs> also, um, the movie starts in California. Uh, yeah, I'm getting my facts mixed up. Here. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Even then, still, you're like hmm, California, to Alaska by by a dog. Did the dog take a train at some point? <laughs> it got kidnapped. Kidnapped. Oh, okay. Oh, that's always a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's a it's a very average paint by numbers movie. I okay. mean, do you, yeah, it's that'll be fun if kids watch it. If I mean, other than that, it's not worth anyone's time. So you do think it's worth for kids to watch? Yeah, I, okay. I think it'd be a fun kids movie, but okay. I, I wouldn't recommend anyone watching it. To be honest with you, <laughs> the adults wouldn't like it. The adults wouldn't get anything out of it. But yeah, you no, they'll it. see a bunch of CGI dogs. And be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Well, you know what? No one saw it, and it lost lots of money. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a Harrison Ford paycheck movie, basically. <laughs> yeah, I will say, yeah. Pat S does say it's a good book. I do agree. I, I want to say I've, I've read the book before. Oop. Book does it a lot better because when you think about it, that kind of a story fits a lot better in a book. And then when you turn it into live action, you're like, now I've got to actually make this happen in real life 
and then you decide to use things like CGI dogs, and well, you know, it goes downhill <laughs> from there. Yeah. <sighs> Anything else terrible you've seen? Um, Birds of Prey. <laughs> you actually watched Birds of Prey. Wow. So was it as bad as you thought it was going to be? No, nah, it's just a really extremely mediocre figurative mm. movie. I yeah. don't remember a whole lot about it, to be honest with you. What's the one thing you do remember? Um, Nothing really. It's just bad characters. I remember what? Harvey Quinn. I remember the Joker not being the movie at all. You know, the nah. movie revolves around the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's like he couldn't bring in Jared... What's his name? The Jared Leto. Play the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I was hoping your answer would be, oh, there's an egg sandwich. The egg sandwich is like the only memorable thing about the movie. <laughs> uh, it's a very forgettable film. I yeah. don't know a whole lot about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <sighs> oh, man. And so what did you, what was your overall opinion of, because one of the nominees for most worthless character is Cassandra Kane. Uh, yeah, you... that, that was one of my nominees. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know she was even in the movie until I started looking it up. I was mm-hmm. like, who's this character? It's like, this is Batgirl, apparently. Um, Is Cassandra Kane Bat... Batgirl? Hang on. It's it's one of them. I don't know. Let's see. Okay. Uh, Wait a minute. I, I'm just having this whole thing now. Is Cassandra Kane in Birds of Prey the same woman that's supposed to be in the show Batwoman? No, Batgirl and Batwoman are separate characters. Well, no, I knew that, but but who? Yeah, that's what confused me when I looked at the character up. I was like, this is a really pointless character. I, I guess they just named her that because they could. But in the movie, she's just really just a pointless character. Because that is that the little girl her. who's like really rich or something. It's the little girl that pickpockets people. The little girl that pickpockets people. Okay. Originally, that girl originally was a relation off of Commissioner, and it was somebody who'd be- dealt with both of them a long time, so she wanted to help. It was actually had some sense in the comics, but then they do what they do to adaptions, and what can I say? <laughs> yeah, because Andre <laughs> Kane, Batgirl, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what? They, they apparently turn her into some pickpocketing girl in this movie. Wait, wait, wait. She was Commissioner Gordon's niece. How did she become a pickpocket in that? Uh, your guess is good. Oh, great question. This now makes me oh dislike God. that movie a lot more. <laughs> For a whole new reason. A character that actually had a purpose, even if it wasn't great. It was actually supposed to show how the crime-fighting career affects the family members and people who want to follow in their footsteps. That was the character. And they turned it into a little street thief brat. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my so God. Batwoman is Kane, K-A-N-E. Batgirl is C-A-I-N. Okay. And then it says here, Cassandra was the first Batgirl to star in her own ongoing Batgirl comic series, an Asian character who was replaced as Batgirl by Stephanie Brown in the 2009 storyline, returned in 2010. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> okay, Bat- Batgirl went way back before either of those, so okay. they were a little wanked on that, too. But hmm. no, when they first created the character, it actually had some depth of understanding 
the psychology of how your career and what you do affects your family. I guess that was a, too much thinking for modern big name labels, though. So, hmm. <sighs> yeah, that just now I don't want to ever because because the the issue is now that we know that that's who Cassandra Kane is. It's like, wait a minute, we're we're saying that this character who's now been established first in Birds of like as far as like in the like the movies and Birds of Prey is going to eventually become Batgirl. That girl is not, ain't going to be Batgirl. I'm just saying it right now. If you see the movie and you see her, you're like, mm, nope, not going to be Batgirl. Not going to happen. Like a whole fat lot of stupidity. Mm, just not going to make sense. Just not going to make sense. Um, and before getting back to it, Sensei Mike, dude, Sensei Mike just came in, dropped a hundred dollars super chat. So wow, Sensei Mike, dude. Good wow. you, Sensei. Thank you, man. Bow right. to your Sensei, everyone. Bow to your Sensei. He says, great interview. Well, thank you, Sensei Mike. This is the chosen of Valhalla stream. Uh, we do this once a month, and it's always a great, great discussion with a great group of people. And uh, I hope that you're enjoying our discussion of Birds of Prey and this Cassandra Kane revelation. Wow. Man, oh, man. Yeah, not not a good movie. Glad it got nominated for a lot of negative uh, Raven Awards this year. <laughs> uh, anything else that you were able to see? I uh, watched Doolittle. <laughs> you were just a glutton for punishment this last month. I say, the more you say, I'm like, these are where some of the nominations have been coming from. Okay. Uh, so what did you think of Doolittle? It's very forgettable. Holy crap. <laughs> this is... Man. Roddy... I don't know what Roddy Downing Jr. was thinking, but man, this is a terrible movie. <laughs> I imagine he had to have been probably offered a lot of money. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, he literally sticks his hands up a CGI dragon's butt in some part. <laughs> uh, 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 that that has me sold. I don't know what the issue is with that. That that makes me want to see this movie now. Who does not want to see Robert Downey Jr., who's one of the greatest actors of all living right now of all time? And oh. You know, I'm stick his, let him watch his stick his hands up a CGI dragon's butt. I want to see that. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't think you want to see it. To be honest with you. No. <laughs> I, I hope. I hope that you. I hope that you were catching. I was joking, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone probably either has seen or wants to see this movie. <laughs> no, it's very. It's a very forgettable movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, most the animals are CGI. And, mm. uh, <laughs> Yeah, that man. Oh my god, even Alex McCarthy hated it. What does that tell you? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Alex McCarthy just said two like legit statements in a row. He said even I didn't like Birds of Prey, and now he says Doolittle did Doolittle was did little to impress me. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. And yet you've hey. seen the Snyder Cut four times. Henry. Five Henry. times. Henry. <laughs> Come here, girl. Is that a kitty? Yeah, she's been nagging me for attention. That's oh. why I was off camera so much, just because she's being very aggressive and climbing on my head. Oh. Well, that's what kitties do. Yes. Climb you. on your yes, head, you. take all the attention away. <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> okay, whine because I take a hand off you. That's right. <laughs> Poor little kitty. Uh, All right, so Birds of Prey and Doolittle. Big... <laughs> Big li- list of bad stuff there. Uh, any other bad movies? 
Uh, the last one probably be Scoob. Scoob. Oh my gosh, you saw that too. Was it bad? Um, kind of. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, man, it's the jokes. Yeah. So not so, nostalgic uh, at all. No, it's a very mediocre, like family movie with bad jokes, and yeah, it, I didn't like it at all. To be honest with you. Hmm. Uh, there's some woke stuff that pops up every once in a while in it too. Not in Scoob. Yeah. Not in Scoob. That makes me sad. Yeah, it's... I, I, I don't recommend it. To be honest with you. It's it's Scooby Doo. How how do you mess up Scooby Doo? I don't. Hawk <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Let's say Ornery was 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 getting was getting their voice heard. <laughs> She's like, I must be center of attention. She was like, I must get my voice in about Scoob as well. <laughs> Why are you paying attention to dogs when I'm here? Right? <laughs> oh Lord. So any other films that you saw that were that were not as bad as those films? Uh, that's about it. I mean All right. that t- twenty twenty was awful. awful. Yeah, dude. That's why only four movies got nominated for, for best movie at the Ravens this year. Like only four movies got, got at least two people to, to choose them. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating stuff. It's a fascinating world we're living in. We're, we got 41 people though, who have, who have made their voices heard on that. So yeah, far. There, I mean, there's some stuff I hadn't got through yet. I got half played through Mulan and that's awful. <laughs> I guess. Oh, no, I watched the first ten minutes of Hamilton, and that's terrible too. <laughs> oh, I, I still, I've, I've been on the fence with Hamilton for a while to be like, should I see it just so that I can say that I've, I've seen it? But then I hear the things I hear, and I'm like, I just feel like I would hate every second because I wouldn't understand most of it, and yeah. I don't really want to have to study it beforehand. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not big into that kind of like Broadway on stage kind of stuff, but yeah. I can tell when I watch something that, that that this is not high quality at all. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I Absolutely. think it's highly overrated. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else that you wanted to mention? No, that's, or... that's it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Roy, as always. And yeah, if you if you all <laughs> had had any desire to see any of those films like Doolittle or Birds of Prey. And I know that everyone watching this absolutely wanted to see those movies. Um, now you know. Don't remember. Never listen to Alex McCarthy. All right? <laughs> because he will always lead you astray. And uh, even in a couple of those films, the fact that he didn't he didn't like them. Uh, he did say Scoob was boring. So was he three for three there, I guess? I don't know. Uh, Every dog one. has his day. I mean, <laughs> exactly right. And Alex McCarthy is indeed a down, dirty dog, um, but we love him anyway. We so, do. and uh, last <laughs> but certainly not least, Rosetta Allen. What's been going on with you, girl? Well, since I've been working constantly, I've been doing a lot of time sitting backstage talking with my second in charge for my channel, Richard. Yeah, and so while I've been doing drawings and paintings and planning and work on the eagle book i have been playing classic comedies for him to try to get him some more culture to the old stuff Mm. old mel brooks stuff and things Mm. like that so i've been watching a lot of the old stuff okay mel brooks that's 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 a name i know 
and those and that, are movies that yes, I have seen mostly. Yesterday, I had him watch Producers and History mm. of the World. Nah, I, oh, I love History like, of the World. So, I've, yeah, I've been playing my movies on the computer screen share with him while we work. <laughs> nice. What's your favorite part of History of the World? As bad as it is, the Inquisition part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a pretty catchy number. Let's be honest. <laughs> the Inquisition, what a show. Oh, hunky, that's cold. <laughs> oh, what did he say? He said every, every dog, dog has, has its name made Richard set up. <laughs> <laughs> I... I think Alex McCarthy, Alex McCarthy might actually be right on this one. One of my favorite parts is the, I give you the 15 commandments crash 10, <laughs> 10, 10, 10 commandments for all to obey. <laughs> but there's so many great parts. It's, it's always hard to pick the best part of a, of a Mel Brooks movie, but that's awesome. Been going through some of the Mel Brooks classic Other comedies. That, spending a lot of time taking care of this girl, getting her ready for all the surgery stuff. Oh and everything. yeah. She seems to be in good spirits right now. Well, Athena's a very mushy kitty, all things considered. She's got several of the tumors here on that. She's got the one over the eye of the ear that goes behind it that they yeah. have to remove. And... Well, I'm glad that she's in good spirits. Oh, I think baby. it helps a lot. But it's not going to be cheap. It's no. going to be a pain in the neck to pay for all that. No. Because yeah. the one is in the muscle of the eye, of what's the eyelid there and goes behind her eye. So they do specialized surgery for her. Mm. So... Yeah, one of the do- one of my parents' dogs when we were younger broke his back and we had to get this major expensive we called him the million dollar dog. It didn't cost that much, but like we called him just, you know, uh, you know, the million dollar or the bionic dog uh because he had to essentially have his back just reconstructed and they thought he may not have a chance to walk again, but sure enough, he was able to pull through and walk for the vast majority of his life. It was not until the very end uh where he started to have issues walking again, but um definitely feel that definitely uh, definitely know the uh the the anxiety over that and so we'll you know of course i will say and not that it pays anywhere near what it's gonna cost or stuff but finding out on the 18th when i got up that morning that one of my friends over on twitter had watched part of the stream and heard about the announcement about her surgeries and sent me a hundred dollars over on paypal overnight wow. to help you feel better and help contribute to the kitty yeah that wow. actually made me feel a lot better spirits. That's Not awesome. because it's going to pay for very much, but because yeah. it was somebody caring and wanting to help. Yeah. Someone just coming out saying, hey, let me help. That's awesome. Yeah. So how have the projects been going? I know that you have a few. Well, I got to show you a few things, but first I got to try yeah. to get Athena to let go of my arm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Athena, sweetie, can you sit here? already had to kick ornery out because she was getting too aggressive for attention. And the second I kicked her out, Athena came running over and jumped up in the spot. <laughs> All right, we so got you full screen now to show off show off the work you've been doing. Well, I dropped the cover piece, but I can pick that up a sec. So what I've got from this is right now, if you know who McKinney is. I don't think I know who McKinney is. He does a lot of drawings for the community and artwork like that. Okay. Um, this is the set he drew, and I'm doing, what I'm doing is like, several versions of each one and then i'm gonna let people pick and then i'm gonna do collages of them and stuff so it's got like okay. his army here which is nice multiple versions of and i just finished the painted backgrounds on those this morning okay um, but so those are beautiful colors and then there's the 
Coast Guard one here, which has more universalized colors because the uniforms are a little more strict at the stated color range. Mm -hmm. But I've got the uh, main parts done for the other three from him and starting the marine ones. Okay. Which are here and here and here. And Mm -hmm. I have got two binders full of these from different artists and quite a few of them have the main parts done and I'm just to the backgrounds now, just like I have the Navy ones here from him all done and ready and been doing public polls on how people like them and stuff and air force. So this is the stuff I've been doing on my streams is working on this stuff. Yeah. Um, which is kind of nice just to sit down and do a relaxed art stream for hours and as people could meander in and out as they will, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But that's the general of what I'm working on right now. And I got over the last about three weeks, I've got about 40 of these things done other than backgrounds. And I've got about nine of the backgrounds done since last night. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have several I drew, but those aren't ready to show How long does the background typically take? If I do it by pencil for that kind of a fade, mm-hmm. it takes about two hours. If I do it with the watercolors, it takes about a half hour. Okay. So <laughs> while the watercolors- Which do you prefer? Because I know it seems like the answer would be like the one that takes less time, but I do feel like there's sometimes preferences to that kind of stuff. So which do you prefer, the, the pencil or the uh, watercolors? I think it depends on how precise I'm going to make it or how retro because- All this I've been starting is all about trying to do a very retro style, the classic pinups and stuff like that. And so you're trying to get like the nose art bomber girls. A lot of that stuff was done in the 40s through 60s when watercolors and bright colors were very much a thing. Just like those faded backgrounds came out of 50s style and was popular through the 60s. -hmm. So the paints actually hit the style slightly better, but the pencils tend to be a little more precise and precise and exact mm-hmm. nice so for this i think the paints are actually really good and about the time i figured out the paints work a lot faster and work really well for the style and i made a comment about that and i made it kind of just sideways to my husband and went to bed and a couple of days later he comes in as i'm getting up with a package of a whole bunch of watercolors from different companies that he ordered me nice <laughs> like, that's sweet no, he is a sweetheart. Yeah. I think I saw him coming in earlier, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I can't breathe around the sealants for drawings and ceramics and that kind of stuff. Okay, okay. So when I finish stacks, he takes them, sprays them, seals them, and polishes them for me. So oh, I can... that's nice. What a sweetheart. That's a good hubby And he right also there. does laundry. And he does laundry. The Soul Assassin says, that's they, one cool husband you got, Rosetta. The house we have here, they built laundry into the basement. And with my back and knee issues, it's really hard to carry stuff up and down stairs. Mm-hmm. So he took over that to try to make sure I don't hurt myself. Aww. So, yeah, he's a sweetheart. Yeah. And he's going to be 15 years married in a couple months here. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Because my wife and I, we just realized... Next year we'll hit five. 
which is kind of uh, crazy just to think about. Which again, that's not it's, it's not a long time, but it's like also like five. It's like it's it's a substantial number. It's not it's not just one or two. I don't know. It sneaks up on you so fast. Yeah. One minute it's like the new relationship, and then you're sitting there going, "Well, we've been used to each other for 15 years. We don't want to kill each other. Yeah, hey, we're doing good together." <laughs> <laughs> I like that's what all the early anniversaries are like. And then you hit uh, like my parents were in town, and they they told us to mention that they're hitting the 40 anniversary 40 year anniversary this year um which we found out was the ruby anniversary and so of course i had to tell my father i was like make sure you get my mom a ruby the size of a tangerine (laughs) had to throw that in there had to well you know what's funny my terrible michael Caine impersonation it's crazy for me when i'm sitting here thinking about the fact that my parents just celebrated they're 41st and dad wasn't supposed to live to 30 with his muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like, right. Oh. That's right. So it's like crazy that, you know, their anniversary is like over a decade past his life expectancy. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't, and isn't he still doing relatively well? Cause wasn't he climbing not too long ago still? Oh, he still hikes with yeah. me and explores in the mountains with my mom every summer. So that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. 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 So any ways that we can support some of these projects? Right now, um, let me get the copy real quick on this. Yeah. The only thing I can really do right now on stuff, unfortunately, is to do basic Streamlab and PayPal for stuff because I'm still in the phase where I'm just paying all the artists and just get everything put together. Okay. And that limits a lot of options. And I, sorry, I didn't get this ready in time. I got a oh, little okay. distracted for a few minutes. Oh, yeah. It has been crazy. But so you've been busy working. And I've been doing all this stuff in my real life and stuff. And that's why I, when people do these things, they go, well, she's not doing this and this. She's not doing this and this. So what's she really doing? It's like, what am I really doing? Working. <laughs> Constantly working. It's that's like just I on the stream alone. It's like I, like I look at all, everyone who's on just making sure everyone's okay. I look over to you and you're just like working away. Working away. <laughs> Pretty much always, ever since you've known me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just gonna copy to you what I've been using in the description of my streams here, All right, and cool. put it in the Valhalla, which yes. just has the PayPal and Streamlab, and that's perfect, where I've been perfect. doing stuff. And I am got a lot of the original black and whites from all the artists that are working with me. That's what uh, underneath these paints here. <laughs> so that's what this is: is the original black and whites from a bunch of the artists working with me, and I'm gonna sell those off to pay for it. Let me so, uh, blow that up real quick so that way people can see. So let's put this part down a sec here. And so you've got like these ones from who's known as Hex Allen, and he's part of this Comics Gate community stuff. Okay. And he was drawing for me the voluptuous girl, girls of color style for the retro because that's his thing is very much that. Okay. So because I want to have as many body types and personalities and cultures as I can. Mm-hmm. And then the ones like here from Vic King and stuff and his drawings. And then as I was saying. Eh. And I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, uh, as, uh, as Laura had said earlier, uh, you have a binder full of women. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I'm not even going to deny that. <laughs> Only this time it's true. <laughs> it's just how it worked out for me because that was the best way for me to get stuff done is just do this. And yeah. 
I'm not afraid to say I'm appealing to the male gaze because you know what? It's genetics. We're designed to find each other attractive. And nothing here is over the top or nude or sleazy or anything like that. This is a throwback to the women who helped the military in the old days to help the military today. Yeah, exactly right. And that's why if, if anyone has an issue with it, it's like, I would do the typical, you know, the typical thing of saying, so what you're saying is that you have an issue with charity. Well, I'm waiting for them to make certain comments about having issues with it because I've got everything from black, Hispanic, native here, five different women drawing characters for these and stuff. It's like, this is not some white guy going, hey, look it, I want to make some chicks here. <laughs> it's a woman doing this. And so I'm just waiting for them to make that comment and go, do you realize who you're talking to? It's like so not, not like, only the behind the scenes stuff, but that it's also like, but also like literally this is to raise money for charity. So again, are you just saying yeah. that you hate charity? Because that's all I'm hearing. Exactly. I, <laughs> I find it funny because it's like, you know, I know somebody will say that at some point just because of which communities I run with, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm just waiting for it because I'll laugh at their face when they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did post the link, uh, the, the couple of links, if you want to support Rosetta Allen. Uh, and I'll go ahead and uh, su- and post it one more time. So, again, you got a couple of links there that you can check out to support her yeah. work. And for, the, for the military one, yeah. once I get it put up for sale on the sites that it's working, that I'm going to put on, I'm going to put straight to things like Lulu and Amazon. So, I just have it sell directly. Yeah. Those kinds of sites, you can automatically program it so it'll take whatever percent out you need and send it straight to the charity without it ever touching anyone else's Perfect. hands. And so it's going to have at least half to over, depending on how I set up on each site, go to different veteran charities. And what I do get off it is going to be saved up to every so often send a set to current troops. Nice. Well, that's awesome. So it, It's my whole little scheme. A whole little scheme, yeah. So again, you can... Donate the support there, but also, uh, again, you're going to be auctioning those things off, right? Auctioning, selling off, I haven't decided for sure yet. It depends on what I end up finding as an option to do it, but yeah. I am going to sell off those black and whites. If people are interested in buying them, there you go. let me know and stuff. I'll work with that yeah. for prices. I've already said if people donate large amounts, they're open to talk to me about getting some of the original colors that I do once I get them inputted to the book system. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I want this to appeal to people. I want people to enjoy what's being done. Absolutely. And you can uh, follow her. The channel is now Eagle Rider, correct? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Actually, it's a long-term nickname I've had, but when I'm really focusing so much more on art mm-hmm. and creativity and my photography, and this is all about you know spreading wings and trying to grow and develop as a person, it just seemed fitting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to rebrand at that point and go a little more creative. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, uh, Eagle Rider just posted it into the chat. So please follow uh, Rosetta on her channel. And then that way you can stay up to date with her work. And then also, of course, contact her through there as well if you want to uh, bid on or even buy some of the artwork that she's been working on. Uh, Do you do commissions, I'm assuming? I do commissions. I will say I'm still learning how to do the actual drawing parts myself. Mm -hmm. I can do them if I have something to base it on. Otherwise, I usually hire somebody to help me do the black and white part and work with them as a partnership on it. Okay. But yeah, I have done commissions on stuff. Just like the drawing that I gave you of you. Yeah. Uh, A friend of mine, Shrika Media, actually did the black and white for me on it. Okay. 
Nice. And Hunky Chunky wanted to throw in, just don't ask who Eagle is. Old joke done too many times already. I'm assuming that y'all know what that means. And uh, Yeah, the day I changed it, it, I had about 20 people show up in different chats and streams, basically indicating that Eagle must be the new name for my husband. Oh, Lord. Oh, my followers Lord. are all evil people, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Hunky Chunky? She said that you're evil. They'll take it. I've called him that worse than that <laughs> on my streams. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and, and, and say our... Our final words. So any people you want to shout out, Rosetta? Um, yeah, I would just say general right now is I think we all can remember to send some support and love over to Will because mm-hmm. admitting what he's been doing and trying to clean his life up and trying to be a better person to people takes a lot of courage right now. And he's been being really brave dealing with all of it this first week over there. And mm-hmm. just let's keep remembering that he's over there trying to clean his life up and we want to support friends when they do that. Absolutely. Amen. Will Gentry, dude, we got your back. We got your love. We got your support over here. We're praying for you. And uh, you got this, man. You got this. You've already taken the most difficult step. Uh, And so uh, we got your back, man. But yeah, absolutely. Continue to send good good vibes, good thoughts, prayers. uh, Will Gentry's way. We love you, man. I don't know if you're going to listen back to this at any time in the future or not. But if you do, we love you, man. And uh, anyone else you want to shout? Just massive support actually to richard because you know as much as i tease him and oh lord it's so much fun to tease him uh <laughs> you know between the stuff he does for me on camera on streams running things with, backstage while i'm doing the interviews to helping me sort organize photos helping mm-hmm. me plan out the stuff for the channel and stuff he is doing so much to help me out yeah. and he doesn't get it. well he doesn't usually get anything from I kind of did send him something when his computer went to put recently, but okay. he doesn't usually get anything out of helping me other than helping. So, okay. well, still, that's awesome. Well, shout out to you, Richard, wherever you are in the world. I see him in the chat. It's Richard four six five, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. Otherwise known as Spartan Jeremy, Clone Commander Jeremy from the Jar Army days. <gasps> You've just doxed his real identity. <laughs> you cannot reveal the true Jar Army identities. <laughs> No, he's already put that out there many times on streams. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, well, thank you, Rosetta, as always, for the support. And good luck on all these projects. They look great. Thank you. Mr. Roy, you got anyone to shout out? Uh, no, um, I'll, I'll give you um, a thanks for doing the Raven Awards this year. Oh, yeah. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it, usually... Um, I'm not big on these award ceremony things, but mm-hmm. usually the best things about them is that they break out movies that I would never really hear hear about. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I like them. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's the third third year we're doing it again. As I said, we're coming on th- three years on the channel, so it's just kind of crazy that we've done it essentially like once for every year for the channel. And uh, you know, obviously, 2020 was a tough year as far as, you know, for a lot of re- different reasons, but especially as far as movies are concerned for finding good ones. But I was actually happy to see there were there were some movies got mentioned where I had never heard of them before and uh, or at least they had gotten so much love and I hadn't seen them yet. And so I was like, I need to see. It. So I finally saw Extraction and thoroughly enjoyed it, you know, and a lot of that was because of not just people asking me during the streams, but also it got a lot of support uh, during the nomination process. So I love to do it. And I'm very excited to see 
um, who the winners will be. Yeah, I got um, Love and Monsters, The Gentleman mm-hmm. and Emma. I think I got to watch now. Yes. They came up in the awards ceremony. I must say, all of them are fantastic, though I will say Emma is going to be the most different out of all of them. It's just a <laughs> different genre, different style. I mean, uh, one is not like the other. Like, The Gentleman, I, I mean, is obviously different than Love and Monsters 2, but I think those are b- both a lot more high action or, like, you know, more, like, high octane, like, excitement kind of thing, where Emma is just more of a, you know, Regency era period piece which again it's great but it's very different so just just be ready for that and okay and thank you for sending me that um love and monsters 4k oh yeah dude yeah congratulations on winning that well thank you yeah absolutely man i love doing it uh we were just doing uh tax stuff uh earlier this week and i was just like i was making a list of all the expenses i'm like I'm so happy to see that the vast majority of what you know or a huge portion rather of what i get in i give back out too so i was like very happy to see to see that in the end um because again this is, i do it for fun and as my wife like to says hey as long as you, as long as you're you're funding your hobby then that's fine like as long as you're not taking anything out of our out of out of our shared account uh then you know to pay for these movies you're sending away then i'm okay with that i'm like okay that works that's good uh so i, lo- I love to do it i love to do giveaways and uh and um, I still owe the uh, I still owe y'all like a 4K giveaway for this month, so be on the lookout for that. So again, thank you very Sorry. much, man, for the support. No problem. All right, ZK Appreciate man, it. yeah, ZK man. Any uh, last minute thoughts or things you people you want to shout out? Uh, I think I'm just going to shout out everyone. Oh, oh, <laughs> everybody that, regardless if they watched every video or stream or if it's just their first time watching now. Okay. Know uh, that uh, there's always somebody that's there to listen and actually does care, and just know that you can always go to that person. Yep. Aww. Absolutely, dude. Good, good words. Though I will say the one exception is Alex McCarthy. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding, Alex. I'm kidding, oh. Alex. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm we'll kidding. Give, we'll give half, half credit. <laughs> only, only when he has, if his, if the thing he has to share is a bad movie that he's like, that's the only time that I'm, that that no, I will not, I will not listen. I will not be willing to listen to him. But anything else, absolutely for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, seriously though, that's awesome. And everyone should always remember, right? You do have a community here. You have a family here. The Asgardian community is strong. And so, if you ever ever need anything, you reach out to us and let us know. So, uh, ZK, man, thank you again for the support and thank you for those beautiful words. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you, man. We got Tina, the Empress of the Universe. Tina, <laughs> anyone you want to shout out this week? Uh, yeah, if you're in the U.S., tax day's been extended until May 17th. Oh! <laughs> Thanks, that federal my, government! That, that, that was in our tur- my TurboTax email. And if you live, <laughs> I think, in Texas or Louisiana, it might have been extended even further mm. because of the weather disasters. That's so, right. check your... whatever. <laughs> check whatever. I just thought I'd let y'all know that. Isn't so. our federal government so generous and nice uh, yeah they are so what i yeah. heard from that tina was that you're shouting out the federal government for extending our <laughs> t- 
Yeah. The day we owed them money to May seventeenth. Money. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully it'll give us your money. Oh, I love that Rhaegar hashtag. Thanks, Joe Biden. Not. I love it. Oh well. Um. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, uh, Miss Stephanie and uh, with her being, uh, you know, she's teaching her classes. Mm-hmm. And say hello. I know Sharon's not here, but I say hello to her. She had some surgery the other day, but she seems to be doing okay. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess that's it for the shout outs. But Odin, I, I've been thinking this over and we're going to agree to disagree on Battleship Potemkin. <laughs> I'm surprised it took um, this long for that to come up. <laughs> well, I was trying to gather my thoughts, but I wasn't mad. I was more sad because I just hate that there might be people that'll miss out on the movie. Yeah. After they heard, you know, heard what you had to say. But yeah, yeah. what I'll recommend is to everyone that if you might be interested in the movie, go with the one of the channels I suggested on my birthday mm-hmm. stream. 100 Years of Cinema. 1925 is one of the years he pulls and Potemkin, he explains a whole heck of a lot more than I can why the movie was shot the way it did, what Soviet cinema was at the time. I found out, I kind of knew this, but I didn't, uh, this was Billy Wilder of Sunset Boulevard and uh, Some Like It Hot. This was his favorite movie. It was Charlie Chaplin's favorite movie. Uh, Hitchcock, Kurosawa, George Lucas, Spielberg, Scorsese, Tarantino, you name them, Coppola, you name them, they owe a lot to this movie, and mm. they'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, in the first Godfather movie, when Coppola, um, when Mo Green is laying on the table and gets shot in the eye, that was Coppola's salute to Potemkin because of the lady that gets shot in the eye during the Odessa step scene. And uh, Brian De Palma <laughs> pretty much copied the entire Odessa step scene for his Untouchables movie with Sean Connery and Kevin Costner. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I kind of knew where you were coming from, but I was like, I was, I wasn't mad. I was just kind of yeah. sad about it. Well, I think and the this- important thing is that don't ever take my reviews as gospel. And that's what <laughs> I think for anyone, right? For any reviewer of any kind, you know, you, you listen to it, you take it in, and then you think, okay, and make your decision for yourself. Yeah. and But I would say go to 100 Years of Cinema, mm-hmm. pull up his 1925 year. There's no way I could explain it the way he did. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will say the it did bring up some good memories because the first time I saw Battleship Potemkin was, I was 12. Mm. I saw it the same year as I did Eisenstein's same director, Ivan the Terrible Parts 1 and 2, Cocteau's Beauty and the Beast, uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Citizen Kane, Black Narcissus. (laughs) I saw all these movies that... A few of those are on HBO Max. Yes, yes. And... It was like those were movies that, that, for somebody who was brought up watching mainly biblical movies, mm-hmm. to see those movies, it was just like, oh my gosh. But the one good memory that comes from this is my nephew, who I talk about a whole lot. He and his sister are passionate for movies. And my nephew, 
he forget the time change and he texts me in the middle of the night. Antina, what's your favorite? Who are your favorite silent film directors? And I'm like, well, Alex, when I wake up in the morning, I'll tell you it's three o'clock here. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite silent movie or whatever? But when I told him about Potemkin, I said, Eisenstein's not one of my favorite directors, but I love this movie. Mm -hmm. And I said, so watch it. You know, tell me what you think. If you like it, I'll tell you about some of the other stuff Eisenstein's done. And he watched it and was like, okay, what else has he done? I love that. And so I told him about Ivan the Terrible 1 and 2, and I told him about Alexander Nevsky, and Alexander Nevsky was a real Russian hero. Mm -hmm. And he watched those, and then he was like, where's part three of Ivan the Terrible? I said, there's like five minutes posted on YouTube. I said, that's all Stalin would let him do. At that point, Stalin realized Eisenstein was kind of pulling a bait and switch on him that he was equating Stalin to Ivan the Terrible. And I said, so part three was never made. If it was, it's in some so old Soviet archive somewhere. They haven't unearthed it yet. He loved even that five minutes of part three. So the one good thing is I had that good memory of my nephew, me introducing him to some silent cinema and him falling in love with it. And he was like 16 when he saw those movies. So, so I, and because he thought about being a filmmaker at one time, we talked about Eisenstein, we talked about Von Stroheim Mm -hmm. and uh, Fritz Lang and Murnau. And now he, he went into another thing. That's just one of those things that you think about, but he and his sister. Yeah. I, I love them so much. And that we can, I can sit around and talk about those kind of movies with them and both of them, their eyes are lighting up and it's like, okay, well tell us more. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. So, yeah. So check that out, everybody. Check out uh, Battleship Potemkin and The Choice is Yours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like I said, look at pull up 100 years of cinema before you watch it and just see what he has to say. And then maybe when you go into it, you can kind of say, oh, that's why Mm -hmm. that happens. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, Tina, thank you as always for for being here and for all the support as always and for being, of course, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you. Yes. And of course, we have Laura. Laura, anything you want to shout out today? Oh, hi. Uh, yeah, just shout out to the whole Geeks and Gamers community. Mm. Um, what happened on that live stream? That was just horrific. Um, you know, I, I uh, 100% agree with how they handled it. I, I don't know what else you could do um, that situation. You know, it, it's, it, was, it was Zack Snyder who, who made the controversy. And to just, you know, to not get down to his level. I mean, they, they could have unleashed Ryan or Lethal yeah. on them. But I, I think, you know, of course, after after hearing all the information, listening to a lot of streams, listening to a lot of people talk, mm-hmm. I, I think that was the best solution. A lot of people, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I know definitely if I would have been there, I would have had to either get off the, get off the call or, or say something. So. Yeah. I'm glad that they had the forethought and smarts to just kind of um, not make a huge scene mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's obviously caused a lot of people to have a lot of opinions. And I think that everyone's coming from a, a, a relatively good place, at least from the, the you know, uh, geeks and gamer side of it. Because obviously there's a different perspectives from, you know, obviously Uche has his very specific viewpoint on it. And you have... Ryan and, and Lethal have their specific viewpoints on it as well. I think that both make make fair points, but 
uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it was you know the only people, the only person in this in, in this instance who I have any criticism of is is Zack Snyder because you can blame Warner Brothers, but Zack Snyder said yes, and at the end of the day, that that's on him. Well, yeah, and I, I, I also assume, yeah. I also assume that there's information that I don't have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can kind of piece things together when, when you listen to people talk about the situation. Mm-hmm. That obviously there was a lot more going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's <sighs> it, it just deflated the whole. Um, I, I know poor Lethal. He said he hadn't even seen mm. the movie yet. Yeah. Um, and oh. obviously there's, you know, countless numbers of dollars that could have been raised as well had had it gone a different direction. But, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. We'll never know. Um because when you go back and you watch the live stream, you know you watch the chat. The chat was even confused. The chat was like, yeah. "What? What?" It was a lot of "What? What did he just say?" Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so everybody's saying, "You know, clear cut. I would have done this," and it's like, mm, "Got to well, have impossible hypothetical, really, to say." Yeah, and what does it matter? Mm-hmm. What What does it matter? What What would have done? Yeah. Well, what, what someone would have said. It's like that's that's the, the way ex- that they chose to handle it and, yeah. the old expression woulda coulda shoulda you can't live like that you know yeah. you can't live looking back at I, I it's just the smartest thing they could have done yeah it's just to to make it about the charity and mm-hmm. we're just gonna let that <laughs> let snyder sit there in his stupidity yep and then him realize how much he potentially lost for a charity and then for his own movie because there's a lot of people now who have either not seen it or will not see it for that very reason. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Good shout out, Geeks and Gamers community. And uh, especially a shout out to Krista Nova, who is a beautiful soul. And she has just hit some major milestones on Twitch and on YouTube. And she had a stream on Twitch the other day. I don't know if anyone saw it, but it was very emotional. She was kind of opening up to uh, where she was before, you know, kind of joining Geeks and Gamers in general and why it's 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 been very like she's taking it very personally for people who have been very negative and, and going after geeks and gamers, right? Cause all she's seen is a community of support and love. And she literally got this, I don't know if you don't know Twitch, but this level five hype train going like literally thousands of dollars being donated. And all she was like is I just want to get to the next level so I can get more emojis. It's like, that's the kind of person she is. She's like, I don't care about the dollars coming in. I care that this is what's going to help me get to the fact where I can make more emojis. It's just like, uh, she's a beautiful soul. Aww. So anyway, out of all the yeah. Geeks Gamers team, shout out to Krista Nova because she's she's a sweetheart. Yeah, I don't I don't think Anna's Geeks and Gamers at this point, but yeah. her video talking about how people were there for her when she had her tragedy, yeah. and it's like they they don't know who these people are. I mean, you know, just because they're human one beings, person, yeah, you yeah. know, possibly one person is a is a Trump supporter. Yeah, I uh, mean, you have a whole. Okay. All right. Thank you. Cat <laughs> just decided to get in the paper bag of the floor. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, it's just you know, they, there's so many different personalities to people who never even talk about their politics. Mm-hmm. You know, to try to pin everything on, you know, just one person who happens to be the leader. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, thank it's, you. It's, it was sad. Yeah, it was. But you know what? I think at the end of the day. You know, we, we came out stronger, and I know that as a, as a team, we feel stronger together, especially. I think we've, we've gotten a lot closer because of it, um, which is a good thing. And yeah. onwards and upwards, as Jeremy always likes to tell us in our little Geeks and Gamers chat. 
He always like will put these random paragraphs, and at the end, he's like, "Onwards and upwards." And we're like, "Thanks, Jeremy, for the pep talk." And then he misspells something every single time, and so after that, it's always like the the little asterisks with the correction. It's like, oh. I think it's great that their their first thought of of Ryan. It, it looked to me like the first thing that Ryan did was kind of like look down and like send a text. Like, I think he kind of like like what do you want me to do here? Mm-hmm. You know, rather than just going off he, he realized that he was representing geeks and gamers there yeah i couldn't see what a lot of the other people were doing but it yeah. just it, it seemed like they were kind of going by whatever yeah uh, okay well laura now that you said that then i didn't misread that because i did see ryan's head go down and i because i was still kind of mm-hmm. trying to wrap my brain around what had been said like what you're saying people in the chat were like what what so yeah mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, he absolutely. Well, my wife is is uh, needing me to put uh, Thomas down. So, uh, hey, this has been great, everybody. So again, thank it you very much. Been. Thank you, Laura, Tina, ZK Man, Mr. Roy, Rosetta Allen, and then also Andrew Hoyle. Uh, thoughts and prayers. Uh, he's going through. Uh, uh, things seem to be like okay, uh, but something still is going on. So. Uh, thoughts and prayers heading to Andrew Hoyle's way. He wanted to be on the stream today, uh, but could not. So um, missed out on you being here, man, and hope that you can join the next one. And for everyone that is here, again, thank you all, all everyone on the panel, for y'all's love and support um, for uh, for all the months and now, <laughs> in many cases, years of, of support. It's It really does honestly just mean the world to me. And so it's always fun to have these conversations and to, and to talk about these things. So thank you all for being here. Thank you to the chat. Uh, Steph, I know that you're here earlier helping out. Um, Laura, I, th- I know that you've been helping to mod as well. And of course, to the chat, to the members, everyone just being awesome people. No one had to be banned. No one had to be in timeout today. So you guys seriously are all freaking amazing. So... And, of course, no Brad Noble, because if he was here, he would have been in timeout immediately. Anyway, yes. uh, you guys are love. You guys are life. As Guardian Community, you all have a wonderful day. I have so many reviews to do this week. And please make sure you check out and follow all of these people. Um, and uh, you guys are awesome. Anyway, have a wonderful day, everybody. Have and a good day. as always, God bless. And I'll let y'all say goodbye if y'all want to before I put the Patreon thing Bye-bye. on. Oh, the beautiful. Oh, the sound, the sound of beauty right there. All right. Have a good one, everybody. And Bye. now for a huge shout out to all of my March Patreon members. Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Brian P, Divex, Enrique Evangelista, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to you, Father, Father Damien Cook, Garrett Searles, The Honky Chonky Funky Monkey, Inflamed Wood, it's Drop Productions, Jason Clark, Jacob Juice, Jay, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mr. Peabody and his evil twin with the beautiful hair, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Steve Glasker, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and of course, the Empress of the Universe, Tina B. Thank you all very much for being my Patreon members. And now a shout out to all of my Subscribestar members. Stand for John B., Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., 
Uh, Dean Heiss slash the new number two. J-Rod, the beer guru, Nebanon G. Adams, and ZK Man. And Dion, thank you all so very much for being my Subscribestar members. And to everyone who has been supportive of the channel, of course, a shout out to my YouTube members. And you all know that you get your special perks every single time that we do a live stream. So thank you again for your support. If you want to have your name shouted out at the, every single, at the end of every single live stream and at the end of every single video, please check out the links in the description below to become a Patreon or subscribe. Star member today. You're going to also get access to things at the upper tiers like a bi-weekly podcast that I do with my friend John the Plick John the Flick Pick Flickinger. We also, of course, have a Chosen of Valhalla live stream once a month where me and my Chosen come together on this channel to talk about whatever it is that they want to talk about. So anyway, if all that stuff sounds interesting to you, please check out the links below. You guys are amazing, beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful day. And as always, God bless.